so ambiguous because it sets the state up to transition children, for children to have abortion, all without their parents' knowledge, all with the citizens of Ohio paying for these services. Armies coming from the north, you can see them coming from China. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, somebody asked me a question today. I don't know. It's a year and several months away yet from a new president. I mean, we could have that Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan moment, but. Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. You know, they've said that Trump's cases against election fraud have no standing. Right. However, when it's a Democrat stuffing ballot boxes. It's okay. They shut, no, no, it's not okay. They will shut down the election and do redo an election for when it's a Democrat primary. When, oh, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. When, when a Democrat is feeling like they're being cheated. Uh-huh. Sure. And this happened this week in mm -hmm. Connecticut. Right. They overturned. They overturned the election, and it's, they don't even know what they're going to do right now and how that's going to go. So I wanted to revisit today the uh, election fraud claims of Donald Trump. We're going to do a deep dive. I'm very excited about it. Okay, and then also I'm seeing, Leah, that you have set up other things about election fraud. Yes, we're going to we're going we're to cover doing election fraud that, that, for the yep. day. Yes. Okay, and maybe we might dabble in a little bit of terrorist attacks that could be potentially happening on U.S. soil, which mm. is terrifying unless you have the power of God. That's true, but we do. To, and we do to overcome it. So we've got all of that and so much more coming up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere because it's the best show on Brighty on TV. We'll be right back. So here's what I'm hearing. Okay. Lots of chitter chatter mm -hmm. about terrorist attacks on U.S. soil. We've been talking about this throughout the week, actually, with our friend Corey Gray. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. It could come. Got to be ready. We literally have grandma hunkered down in her basement with her AR-15. Am I right? Yeah, but are people really making those changes? Because you're still going to malls. You're still going to movie theaters. You're still going out. It won't be until there's actually, um, you know, some of these things that are being shot up. Can now, I the question is, what, what happened in Maine? Excellent point about what happened in Maine, by the way. Because that was, was that... Was it a terrorist attack? <laughs> what was that? It was an attack that terrorized people. It was certainly was people. Was it domestic terrorism? We have no idea the kids' mo the guy's motives. And you know, I remember we covered that live actually because it was happening while we were doing, I think, a Revelation Red Pill or something. Yeah. Or a Friday show. And I said, I can guarantee you that they will not capture this guy alive. He, he will be dead. He was found dead of suicide in a trash can. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> Who says I'm going to put myself in a dumpster and kill myself? 
Like, I know you're already insane, but like, what a way to go. Like, who cares? Why would you try to I'm hide? kill myself. Like, so like, let me go stand in a dumpster to save people the inconvenience. Let me go hide my body. No, you wouldn't hide your body. You'd go stand in the dumpster and then kill yourself in the dumpster. So it's not messy. I thought. Right. But normally you put a body in the dumpster to hide it. Right. So why would you hide your own body? That's an excellent question. So he wasn't. He was suicided. Suicided. So was he actually the shooter? Mm-hmm. And where are the victims? Where are the victims' families? Where are the where are the videos? We're not trying to act like Alex Jones here. I just I feel like there's a lot missing from this narrative that it what they've done is called being Alex Jones. Okay? <laughs> because now if you question anything from now on, then like your whole you life is the narrative we have told And like you. even Elon Musk will not allow him back on Twitter because the children, because he went after the children. Well, I don't even see any children. I don't see any parents. I don't see anybody. Like who lost the loved one? Like where are the funeral? Like what happened? We here? didn't really plan on talking about this, but I'm going to say, where's all the footage? Was it confiscated? If you are in a bowling alley and somebody starts shooting, I know, unfortunately, human, in the day we live in, this is the what human happens. reaction is for everybody to get their phones out. Right. And then you go live, like, oh my gosh, there was just a shooting in this area. And At least after the fact, you go live, but no I know one what it did. Is. I know what it is. What is it? The people in Maine are all Amish and they have no phones, mm. even at the bowling alley. At, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay. And at the Walmart Supercenter. So, but seriously, I, this, we can, we can, we really shouldn't make fun if people really did die. I know, but that, no, I'm not making fun. I'm making fun of the fact that, that, and here's the thing though. I thought they were going to immediately start coming after the guns, but this had to have not fit the narrative. So they're like, you know what? Don't use this one on the guns. I don't know. There's something fishy going on. I'm smelling the fish. I smell a rat. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, like. There was, I knew that if this was really what they were saying, it was, mm -hmm. they were going to come immediately for all the guns. Right. But it's like that, even that went on the hush hush. And let's keep in mind that the man that they have told us did it, the picture of that guy and the picture of the actual person that came in with a Look, gun, no they are not the same person. Okay. So was, so here's a theory. Are you allowed to have theories? It's like, it's no, like you crazy. can't. It's like with the JFK, you're allowed to have like a hundred different theories on who killed JFK and, and how that happened, bullet. right? So with the information that we have available, mm. and even the U.S. State Department is saying, watch out, uh, there could be terrorist attacks and, and, and pop-up terror attacks. And then you have a guy that randomly shoots things up. Is that one of them? They're like, no, 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 that was radical right wing, whatever. Okay, well, why? what was the guy's motive? Well, we can't tell you that. Okay, well, then I'm going to say it's terror attack and it's going to be Muslim, in my opinion. I'm, I don't know. That's what is it, MK Ultra? Like, what's the deal here? All right, I'm going to play this clip for you guys um, where uh, Joe Rogan has on a guy, Tim Kennedy. Are there any curse words in this clip? I took them out. Yes. Okay. Um, and he, he talks about these terror cells gonna, that are going to supposedly pop up. So we'll discuss that. Let's roll this clip. Once people are here and they cross over, there's not a real screening process in terms of like who's a criminal, what what your history is in your country of origin. Yeah, you wanna get a weird Google thing. Google how many known people on the terror watch list have made it across. And uh, it'll scare the crap out of you. So Department of Homeland Security. 
and uh, the FBI, you know, we have this, these gigantic lists of people that are on terror watch lists, criminal watch lists, and the number of those that we have captured at the border obviously is just going to be a drop in a bucket of those that have made it across. And, um, you know, it is in light of what just happened in Israel, where, you know, they flew paragliders over borders, over walls, and they, they crashed through walls, and then they were able to kill 1,400 people in one day. And then you look at the number, and that was that was 1,000 insurgents total. Um, and then you look at the number of people that have been coming over the border for the past three years that we know are radicalized, that we know are on watch lists. Um, it is... Uh, it, it is it should scare the pants like to scare the scare you to death the position that we're at we're gonna have a real bad year department of homeland uh, security and the fbi yesterday they talked about a bunch of known terrorist cells that are currently not operating they are operating but they're they are looking for opportunities targets of opportunity to conduct terrorist activities here in the united states Department of Homeland or uh, Department of State just re released an entire worldwide warning to all Americans traveling abroad, saying that it is dangerous for any American to be traveling anywhere in the world right now with the amount of terrorist cells that have now been activated. Okay, so wait a minute. I don't know. That seems so extreme. Like, I'm not saying it's not true, but like you said, what it, we're hearing about it on Joe Rogan. The Epoch Times front page, Corey's talking about this it. Is like every time, about it. When, every time they go to prepare us for something, I just, it's a letdown. It never happens. They you prepare us for something, it doesn't happen. They I'm, did not prepare us for COVID and then it happened. I am so ready for this to be a letdown. Yeah, me too. Okay, I do not want this to happen. And honestly, if it if it doesn't happen, I'm going to say it was because God stepped Christians in. thwarted it. Yeah, well, I have I have some more clips we'll play on the flip side of our show um, on our on Rumble One after this. We're going to talk about how Iran could definitely push us into a war with mm -hmm. Israel and Palestine. Um, what's very interesting is that. What's happening with Israel and uh, Hamas and Palestine should should cause the other Middle East countries to step in. Yeah. Why aren't they? It, the, the, the amount of people in the streets, if the amount of people, maybe, maybe Saudi Arabia doesn't take its marching orders from leftists in the streets of America. So Corey Gray had sent us a video highlight from... Um, band.video, and I'm just going to put this right on the screen there, and it says, breaking, Hezbollah declares war on the United States. Yes, so I listened to that and I read it. Um, Hezbollah there in Lebanon, but here's the thing. Hezbollah has already, has already, already declared war on Israel, war on the United States. It's not any different rhetoric. What would be different is when these people actually, these people in the Middle East, these Middle East leaders actually joined together like they did in 1967 with the Seven Days War with Israel and they surround Israel. But you know what? Iran is pretty happy with their six billion that they got from the United States. Why are we sending six billion, by the way, to somebody who chances death to America? 
The Middle East is where we get a large portion of our oil, not all of it, a large portion. And they they enjoy a tremendous amount of profit. They actually do not produce. I don't know what else Saudi Arabia exports. I don't know what they produce as a country. You're not growing food and sending pineapples, you know. I don't think there are any master carpenters. Like, all they have is oil. Yeah. And if they go to war with the United States, then their whole lifestyle is completely gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of rhetoric right now. And while I don't believe that we showed America had a lot of strength with um, Bush's war in Iraq and the second Bush's war. Mm-hmm. It did devastate the Middle East in ways that we we can't comprehend. A million yeah. a million people die died in Iraq. So um, I'm just looking this up right now. It looks like the oil is 3.2 billion dollars worth of their yearly trade and exports. The other is um, nuts, which is nine. This is, this is Iran. I had said Saudi Arabia. So oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. All right, let's go. Let's check. Sorry. No, Arabia. no, no. You're fine. Let's do Iran. That's fine. So nuts is 925 million. So we're looking at 3.2 billion, mm-hmm. and then the next ones are in the millions. You've got semi-finished iron, refined copper, and acrylic. All in the, you know, 500 so to 900 million. So we basically gave them almost two years worth of export, like in our $6 billion. Like they're, they're not a very, these are not very wealthy countries. We're going to go to war with Iran. We're going to go war with uh, um, Saudi Arabia. I, I don't think that they are, right? Yeah. I, I just don't <laughs> see that um, these countries can afford a world war. It, and I don't think that their faith in Islam is that strong. So not only do they have oil in Saudi Arabia, their other top exports are like oil-based products. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they're, they're, are, they are making use of what they have. Okay. They're making- Crude petroleum, refined petroleum. It's just but petroleum. Like propylene, plastic. polymers, plastics, things like that. Everything I love oil-based. The idea, I love the idea of organic co- chemicals. Stop it. Saudi Arabia, it, how organic are these chemicals? Um... I don't know. It, oil is kind of organic in a sense that it comes from the earth. Oh my gosh. You're so funny. So plastics. So they have $212 billion worth of mineral fuels, oils, and distillation products. Mm-hmm. The next is plastics, which is $23 billion. So organic chemicals, They're getting billion. all of their money from oil. This is great though. They export ships, boats, and other floating structures. $3.85 uh, And then of course- your favorite and mine, fertilizers, that's sarcasm, uh, $3.5 billion, aluminum. So they do, okay, so they have one thing. We got down to something that's real. Mm-hmm. Aluminum, 2.4 Yeah, but, but back to the billion. oils. Okay, back yeah. to the oils. All right, $212 billion. They can't afford a war. None of them can. Right. Okay, none of them can afford a war. So a lot of these people screaming that these terror cells are going to pop up. My question is then, um, what good is that going to do at this point? For them, for for yeah. who, for what? What's it going to achieve? Is it going to achieve? Israel's not going anywhere. No. So what's the achievement of these goals? You know, this is we're not talking about. We're not talking sanity to anybody. All right. I just watched Ben Shapiro debate at Oxford and Cambridge in the UK, and the Free Palestine people. He would always ask, "Well, what is Palestine to you? From the river to the sea." 
so he's like, okay, so you want to exterminate the Jewish state? And they're like, yes, no more Jewish state, no more Jew, no, get out, get right. out, get out. So that's, that is where everyone on the Palestinian side is at. Yeah. Okay. They are, they have been radicalized to the point where the only peace negotiations you're going to get with the majority who are rooting for Palestine is going to be free Palestine completely, Jews, no, no more Israel. And you cannot come to a debate or a, a negotiation table like that. Israel is here, whether we like Israel to be here or not. Right. All right. So I do want to move on here. We're going to go to some election fraud. And this is going to be the next kind of remainder of our show. And talking about um, election fraud, I want to first go to um, this this uh, this clip from Laura Ingram talking about this election that was overturned because of ballot stuffing in Connecticut. Let's roll this. This is voter fraud. Nothing. Another MAGA conspiracy theory, right? Well, one primary race in Connecticut was so rife with fraud that the results have been overturned by a judge after shocking new video surfaced of what appears to be multiple people stuffing absentee ballots into collection boxes. A judge ruling that the Bridgeport mayoral Democrat primary has to be held again to determine who should be on the ballot. Now, incumbent mayor Joe Gannon previously defeated challenger John Gomez by just 251 votes. But a primary redo is very tricky because the general election is on Tuesday, which means voters may have to come back after they vote in the primary to vote on the rightful Democrat nominee, if they even know who it is then. Joining me now is David Hurst, Republican candidate for Bridgeport mayor and Connecticut GOP chair Ben Proto. Um, David, both of those men are still on the ballot since Gomez is running now as an independent, but does that change your campaign here? But I want to get to this fraud issue as well. Let's start with his name is actually Gomes. It's not Gomez. Um, it, I don't even know what to say. We're all scratching our head here. The, the court has ordered that the primary, that they actually present the plan for the primary on the 15th of November, uh, which is uh, obviously a week after the ballot. Uh, we don't, I don't know any way that this isn't going to lead to more litigation that is going to run into possibly the next term. I don't even know how they're going to do it. Um, so we're just scratching our head. Uh, unfortunately, what we're doing is we're saying only in Bridgeport and 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 just kind of have to laugh it off. Uh, in terms of my prospects... Well, Bridgeport, uh, yeah, Bridgeport is notoriously corrupt, sorry, but I used to live in New Haven from Glastonbury. Know it well, even if I didn't know how to say Gomes right. Nice little correction. Um, but it's a, it's a mess. Bridgeport's been a mess uh, in, in these races for a long time. But I think we have to address what happened here because it's such a reflexive comment for someone to say, oh, there is no such thing as voter fraud. That's all just made up. But we have evidence. And I'm looking at the pictures of this video, too, Ben. We have evidence that this happened. The judge was was so moved by this evidence that even how difficult this is going to be, said, no, we're overturning it. We're pulling it back. Absolutely, Lauren. And, ben, and how, big is this? Is, how big is this? This is big. Um, and what's interesting is it's not only the Ganem campaign, but the Gomes campaign also engaged in this activity. Uh, so it's kind of both sides trying to cheat the other side out of a victory. Uh, and what's really sad about it, Laura, is the legislature had an opportunity just recently in a special session to address these issues, and they chose not to. Um, they chose not to increase criminal penalties. In fact, one of the women involved on the, camp on the Ganem campaign had recently been referred by the State Elections Commission to the chief state's attorney for criminal prosecution for doing this very same thing four years ago in the Ganem election. Uh, the legislature chose not to increase penalties. They chose not to 
produce or create mandatory minimum jail sentences, increase fines. They chose not to address the ballot box issue, which are no longer needed in Connecticut, nor do I think they're needed anywhere in the country for that matter. And in fact, recently we adopted an early voting program in Connecticut that's going to take place next year and start next year. And that's an in-person program. You cannot use a ballot box for early voting. You must go to the polling place to vote. So they've already admitted we don't need these things. And when you have Democrats in Bridgeport saying it's just the way it is, or Democrats have raised cheating to an art form, you know it's bad. So the legislature needs to step up and address this situation because it's just out of control right now, Laura, in Bridgeport. Yeah. Well, David, I hope you can break through. My goodness, does Bridgeport need a sane, um, you know, an actual sane leader? So we appreciate both of you being here tonight. I'm sorry this segment is so short, but we've got some breaking news. Congressman, we were just uh, kind of blown away that Democrat judges can rule that unaccountable drop boxes when there's footage of people shoving stacks of ballots in there, that that's a legitimate election. Hey, yeah, no, that was great. I I was listening to to that, uh, Benny, what you're talking about and some of the things you were, you were playing there. But remember there was, I think it was like 20 years ago, we had a bipartisan report uh, saying that, you know, mail-in voting, mail-in balloting is, is a dangerous place to go. It is all kinds of potential for, for problems when you do that. And certainly drop boxes fits in that same category. And so I, I guess in many ways, we shouldn't be surprised that there were all kinds of concerns with the last uh, presidential election because they told us that. And again, it was bipartisan. I, I, I'm the, the, the members of Congress who were the authors that it's, it's escaping me now, but um, I just remember that report bipartisan saying, don't do this, don't go this way. And then of course, that's exactly what happened in 2020. And we had all these concerns. And we we played a clip earlier of Kamala Harris saying, whoa, 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 electronic voting, unlimited mail-in balloting, this is really bad stuff. Yep. Like Kamala Harris arguing when she was a senator that these things are going to lead to people losing faith in elections. And yep. now you are seeing in New Jersey, in Connecticut, in Michigan, massive criminal cases, felonies that are being charged by Democrats against Democrats for these exact crimes that, of course, is anathema to talk about. Yeah, I guess. Are we allowed to talk about it when it's Democrats cheating against Democrats? Because here's the AP from this morning. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's I think that's all a concern. And and yeah, we're not there's all kinds of things we're not allowed to say. We're not allowed to, you know, only Democrats are allowed to vote against accepting the electors on on, on January 6, uh, 2001, January 6, 2005, January 6, 2017. But if Republicans raise concerns like we did uh, in, in 2021, oh, somehow that's wrong. You can't do that. So even though Democrats have done it every time a Republican's been elected this uh, this, you know, this century. Um <laughs> So, yeah, there's always this this double standard, unfortunately. What we want is is fair elections, free elections. We want everyone to vote who's allowed to vote. That's a system we want. But we also want the safeguards in place where you show a voter ID, where you have the signature match and you follow the law. That's how we want it to work. And we want whoever wins, wins. That's how our great system is supposed to operate. Yes. So I don't really think you're allowed to talk about this one. And let me tell you why. Why? Because you would be allowed to talk about it if it was um, Republicans cheating against Democrats. But because it's Democrats cheating against Democrats, then it's still Democrats cheating. No, uh, you're right. What's amazing about this is the judge um, didn't nullify these absentee ballots that were a little bit wrongfully done. Maybe the seal was broken. Um, But he did rule that a new Democrat mayoral primary election is warranted 
He then gave attorneys 10 days to confer with state and local officials and just to create a whole new primary election. I don't know how they're going to do this while Gomes is celebrating Clark's ruling as a victory for the people of Bridgeport. That victory complicates the general election for Bridgeport mayor scheduled for November 7th. Uh, Genem will still be listed as the Democratic nominee on the ballot while Gomes will be listed as an independent candidate. Um, so in this particular race, we are seeing that Democrats stuff ballot boxes. That's just what they do. Here's the question that oh, I no, have, Oh, no, this though. is the only time any Democrat ever did this, This by is the a way. mayoral race. What are they going to get out of it? That, my thoughts exactly. Right. What are they going to get out of it? What are you guys going to get out of it? You're going to go to thebrighteonstore.com, brighteonstore.com, and you're going to support some of the greatest products on the planet. Yes. You're going to use promo code CHICKS, one of my favorite products right there, the astaxanthin. I take it every single day. I absolutely love it. The chief of carotenoids, meaning it gets rid of the free radicals in your body. It's good for your skin. It's good for your heart. It's good for a whole host of things. I love the Brighton store. I visit there. I shop there. I love it. So I want you guys to do the exact same thing. Use promo code CHICKS, and you'll support amazing content like this that you can't get anywhere else. We'll be right back right after these amazing messages from our sponsors. So, so you know the Ranger buckets are in sale right now. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So the oh, Ranger wow, they are. Oh my gosh. They're normally $4.85. They're $3.49. They're $3.49. Uh, but I was also looking at the Brideon store and I was like, probably one of the best deals on the Brideon store is organic tomato, tomato powder. It's 12 ounces. Okay. Right now it's $16.95. It's on sale. It's a good deal. Okay. But here's the thing. This tomato powder, you mix it with four, four. I think it was four parts water to get um, tomato sauce. I think this is a really good deal to have. Set, this is incredibly shelf stable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, and so if you're, if you're packing things away, if you're going camping, I mean, it's a lot lighter than taking your cans and your jars. No, I think this is epic actually. So I'm like. I think we need to store. I was kind of. We were wondering like how it's organic made. Like how do they make it? Powder. Are they dehydrating it or are they freeze drying it and I then think turning it's it into a, a powder? Which is even better, in my opinion. All right, so head over to the Bright End store. So you guys know that Trump has four cases against him right now. They're only seven, four, Leah. You know, it was supposed to be seven ways from Sunday. The CIA. So there's four cases. That one way is to you know hit the books at you. The good news is this. Let me tell you something about the good news here. You guys want some good news? Love it. Because I've been trying to break these cases apart and trying to understand what's going on. Uh, pretty sure the New York one's going to be thrown out. Pretty sure the Georgia one is fantastic because they were able to just slam with evidence, which we're going to show you tonight. Okay. Yes. If, 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 a, if a judge overturned a mayoral race because a couple people were – well, I think it was more than that. They had hours yeah. of stuff, But it really was only – it was a focus on two people that were that were stuffing these ballots. Now, we have so much footage. The 2000 Mules documentary by Dinesh Suji, if you have not seen that, please go see that. Okay? You have to see that. And go see the recent one, Police State. Yeah, really, really good. It was so You can good. watch our um, review on it. On, on our channel on brighteon.com. Right. So the case, though, with the classified documents, that's the one that some were saying could have some sticking power. Mm -hmm. That is a Trump appointed, um, I believe it's a Trump appointed judge. I know she is very favorable to truth. Okay. And has been very harsh to the overreach of the prosecutors, constantly slapping them. Um, so I really think, I, I know Trump's going to get off on all these cases, but in the midst of it, can some good come out of it? 
I believe some good can come out of it. And here's what's the good I think that's going to come out of it. As we pray and as we, this is what we tell Mike Lindell, do all the things that you can do, but you have to pray because you need things that are hidden that aren't out right now to be yeah. revealed. Yeah. Laura Logan had a really cool documentary out on Ray Epps today um, that was like, wow, really powerful. So I want to play for you guys, remind you of some of the footage that was in 2000 Yules. And I want to discuss this because this is not discussed enough. Michelle and I are, are we listen to election interference until our ear, ears bled. And then all of a sudden it died on January 6th, basically, because you weren't allowed to talk to it. But it was very real. And I do believe it's going to pick up steam again because what Alex Jones is saying, I don't know. Jack Wasovic, Alex Jones, and Tucker Carlson. My mom played a clip on her show. If you guys don't know, my mom does shows. to go and call her picture gallery. Phenomenal um, shows. They're that really Alex Jones was saying that they are going to just make sure that the 2024 election doesn't even happen, happen, which would actually be incredible because that would show the whole world how the, would it the really population. I'm not sure. They would they would find... No, because I feel however, like that would be like Whatever COVID. excuse they use to shut it down, people would go, well, that's pretty legitimate. No, I don't think so because eventually it would come out like COVID because what they did what they did in 2020 was they, they shut everybody down and said, oh, look, at least you won. Are you an election denier? Blah, blah, blah. But everybody knows it's kind of like with the transgender kids. When they start cutting off genitals, that's when you get the normies. Mm -hmm. When you start shutting down elections that, they that has never been shut down. In 2020. No, they didn't. They postponed some. Everybody got to like vote. Like the primaries and stuff. They postponed there was a, the, there was some stuff. Pro, there was some postponing, but uh, the primary happened. Yes. Everything happened. An but election I'm just saying, happened. People might go, well, we're just postponing the election. So at first, they're going to be like, okay. Okay. Can you just go with me for one I'm second? I'm trying to go. In the history of the United States, right. we've never not had an election. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, you will get the, the normies who say, okay, something's up. All those people who woke up to COVID are going to be like, yeah. What do no, you mean? If, okay. So, and then you'll get some more people who were pro COVID people, like, you know, some Republicans would be like, no, like the, the election thing has to happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's some hardliners. You'll get even, I'm just saying that if they didn't have an election, you would have more people on our side than ever before. I agree. So, that's what I'm saying. Bring it is what I'm saying. Just, <laughs> just try that one. That one seems like an in the bag one for me to defend. So, just try that one. Just try it. All okay. right. I'm going to roll this first clip on the election fraud. So then you guys buy the $2 million worth of data and you were open-minded to be wrong, right? Oh, sure. absolutely. You're like, maybe these were just a bunch of people that were reading all the same internet blogs right. and got a little too excited. Well, as I, right. as I well, used to say, grandma walking by the by the Dropbox with her dog or something. Well, right. and, and really, so you start to begin to, you know, all, all life sort of follows the bell curve, right? So you start to think, okay, well, what is out, so outside the norm? What is so aberrant that it would just stick out like a sore thumb in, in terms of a right. data set? So what would that look like? Would that be going to the Dropbox three times, going to the four times, five times, six times? And we wanted to be have such clear margins, such clear lines that we finally settled out to groups that were going, you know, in Georgia, an average of 23 times. So distinctive. And as Greg points out, they also had to go to the NGOs. So they had to meet both those criteria for a certain number of times for us to really drill NGOs down and a study. a non-government organization, so mm -hmm. like a non-profit. So mm -hmm. like a Stacey Abrams group, for example, would yeah. potentially apply under the umbrella. Right. What are we looking at here as we pull this up? Same basic thing. It uh, looks like the same Dropbox. Everybody, look at all those people doing the right thing. Waiting so they're to, waiting to waiting vote early. To vote in line. Right. Right. So this is a maroon dress woman or is this yeah. somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Is that your mule? That's our that's mule. Her. So this is a mule mm -hmm. in front of everyone. 
Okay. Look, everybody's sitting there watching, like, what? So this What's is happening? right now as she opens it up. Up, oh, can't figure out to open up because they won't fit. Right. Felony at what point? After the first right there. one. Now it's a felony. So this is a felon. Three felons at one Dropbox, everybody. <laughs> I want you to think about that. One after the other. In the broad daylight. I mean, now you could also get driver's you know, license plate info and stuff, right? Yes. So she, in broad daylight, while everyone else was watching, just violated Georgia law. Right. Right SUV pulls up, middle of the day. What are we looking at here, guys? You're going to see a, uh, a, a voter get out or... A mule get, mule out. get out. So this is a mule. This is one right. of your 2,000 that you've profiled? And yes. They, and they've got their ballots, and they walk up to the box. They, you can only fit a couple of ballots in at the same time. Is this the state of Georgia? Yeah. Yes. So you're not allowed to turn in more than one right. unless it's for a close relative? That's correct. And he's trying to figure out how to even get them into the box because he has so many he can't fit them in the little, the little slot. So then he starts having to put them in one by one. Everybody's sitting there waiting on him. One. Now this is illegal. It's illegal. Yep, right. Highly illegal to do this. Everyone right. passed that, that first one was illegal. Well, there, there is a, a possible in that he could have been an assistor, which would have meant he, he would have had um, a signed envelope that would have indicated that he was an assistor in that capacity. But through our open records, we confirmed that Gwinnett County had no assistors. Okay. So we tried to kick over you know, you. every Because every that would have been the Washington Post. Right? Hey, oh, could have been an assistor. You're like, well, absolutely. no, we looked nope. into it. Kep refused to call a special session before the runoff, and the widespread illegal ballot harvesting continued electing two Democrat senators. If Kemp can't beat voter fraud, he won't beat Stacey Abrams. Get Georgia Right is responsible for the content of this uh, advertising. I that last video there, which I know is also in the movie. So what were we seeing in this video, guys? This is a mule. And she's a this is in Fulton County. She's approaching a box. And, and, and this is in the runoff. This is on January 5th at about 1 in the morning. This is on when election, everyone votes, right? right. Election day. Right. Yeah, when most of our mules apparently yep. vote. And she approaches, as you see her walk up to the box, she never looks at the trash can to her left. And that's relevant because she goes up, she puts the ballots in the box, and then turns around and starts taking off her gloves and puts them in a trash can that she never looked at. Meaning she knew the trash can was and there. And she didn't want fingerprints she, on the ballots. Because Why is that been, significant? Because in Arizona, several days before this, in San Luis, there were some indictments brought and part of the indictment was brought because they were able to lift fingerprints from the ballots. So she comes in with latex gloves, comes there, and drops them off. That's great. We love Trump, and this was, you know, this was stolen from him. But also, the Republican Senate's a big deal. We're about to get another Supreme Court justice, right? A lot of this nonsense is being pushed forward, and it went through Georgia Indeed. with John Ossoff and with Raphael Warnock and Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. So we, I, I mentioned briefly that if it wasn't for this ballot trafficking operation, it's easy to say David Perdue would have avoided a runoff. Absolutely. But there was a runoff. Mm -hmm. And so there was a whole, there was a month, two months of November and December. What's happening in those two months? Well, interesting as it relates to the pings, one of the things that we did in our buy at Catherine's suggestion was, let's buy September before, before it started. Let's buy October while they were voting. But let's buy November when nothing should have been happening at the ballot boxes. And then let's buy December. What a great control variable That's in November, right. right? That's right. Because and, the patterns... If, and you if see this, it do exactly... Right. So they weren't going to drop boxes in no. November until ballots got sent out in early December. Right. Exactly. And right. then you'll find this interesting. Two of the mules here in Arizona made their way to Georgia. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yes. Things don't lie.
the same people from Arizona for stuffing ballots went to Georgia. Yeah, no, and 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 these are the things that Trump is actually getting is going to present and is presenting in, in his defense. Yeah, because I, and and I need this. We need this to be okay. All right, here's your court. Here's your court case on election fraud. That's what we wanted on January 6th, by the way. We just yeah. wanted the evidence to be presented. All right. I got some more clips for you on this. So here we go. We, we had been receiving information from witnesses, from like uh, erstwhile whistleblowers, people that had been involved, people that knew somebody was involved. And we were able to identify those organizations, those stash houses. So not only were we able to look at the drop boxes where the people were going in and out of the drop box, sometimes over 50 times in Philadelphia, we had some people, quite a few people that went over a hundred times to the drop boxes, but they were also going to the to the organizations. These So it was a hub and spoke model is yeah. what you started to see, right? 100%. So the hub, right, to use the analogy, Chicago O'Hare or whatever, that's where right. everything branched out from. Right. And, so. and, and multiples of hubs. So in Atlanta, we had 10. So I want to get in. In Arizona, uh, the profile looked a little bit different because it's been happening. Uh, it's been happening in Arizona for an awfully long time, and what we see there are people that uh, really control communities, and you have uh, people that are atop of the pyramid that are coming in and doing everything from building underprivileged housing to controlling the full vertical of the contractors and the the banks and the financing organizations, and all of those people are participating in rounding up ballots. And we have, uh, as, as people that go to see the movie will soon learn, we have informants who've come forward to yes. describe exactly what happens. And um, it's, it's just a day in the life. It's just what you do in those communities. And these collectors and these mules are making between 10 and 40 bucks a ballot here in Arizona, according to the, to the testimony that we have. Um, and uh, that's a lot of money. Tally all that up. Somebody's making some some bank. Yeah. And uh, one of the most chilling things, I think, in this entire journey for me has been when we interviewed uh, two people who were very familiar with the grift here in Arizona. Uh, one of them just from observation. Um, and she just at one point just sat back in her chair and just put her finger up. She said, round and round it goes. Nobody ever t listens. Nothing ever changes. And so we hope to you know, we hope to help push this over the edge in a way that people can wake up and realize what's happening to our elections. So that's those are three felonies we just saw on camera. And we have four million minutes worth of video. So what state was the worst offender? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. Is that worst proportionally or just worst in every way? In every way. Every way. Every, every sense of Tell way. me why. Eleven hundred and fifty-five people met our criteria of ten or more drop boxes and five or more um, organizations. One thousand one hundred fifty-five in Philadelphia. With so let's pretend half you're you're off by half. That would be insane. Yeah. Six hundred would be right. What's even more insane is watching the the data, watching the pings come across the bridge in in New Jersey, and, and into Philly. They cross state lines. Sure. The theme almost always was a, a set of collectors, a, a collection point or a stash house for all the ballots, the bundling of those ballots, and then the casting of those ballots by what we were calling mules in the drop boxes. So it had each of those elements. And as we began to, um, 
uh, sort of put the pieces and parts together, it really did dawn on us. Well, this is this sounds just like what's happening in Atlanta or wow. or in San Luis, Arizona, or all these other pieces and parts that were coming together. And it was amazing once we finally uh, started to unpack the, the 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 true grift. And as you said, this is a conspiracy, right? This is organized an crime. An actual conspiracy. An right? actual conspiracy. <laughs> yes. You know, that goes to our tagline. It's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. 50. Um, somebody were, some people dropped 50 times in Philly, 100 ballots at a time. Um, uh, the, the hub, the, this huge uh, hub model, right? And there were 10 hubs, but there was a hub and then it spiked out. These people would go to the hub. Unbelievable. And then they would go out to the drop boxes. They could ping the people. A ten dollars to forty dollars a ballot. You 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 drop off ten ballots and you're just making. You can make like four hundred bucks, right? Just has ten ballots. Um, he said the Pennsylvania was the worst in every way with uh, eleven hundred fifty-five mules, and very strict cr criteria. All right, they had to um, they had to they had to be uh, have have five or more organizations or go to ten or more uh, drop boxes. Wow, they had to visit ten or more drop boxes. That's Why? If you're collecting um, ballots for your grandma, you don't need to have stacks of 10 or 20 ballots and be going into 10 it's different drop boxes. literal proof that they did this. And that's why those numbers were so huge in Pennsylvania. All right. Well, I have another clip here from Tim Pool. And at the end of that clip, I have a reminder clip of them dropping off those ballots in Michigan behind the member. The, oh, I remember. With right, the van. Yeah, yeah, let's roll this clip. Uh, here, here's, here's the thing people need to understand. When Donald Trump and his supporters were suing over stories like this, it is a lie that they were all thrown out. Right. Of the uh, major, I think the majority of the cases were were uh, thrown out on standing, arguing the individuals who filed the suits did not have a they, they were not affected in this case. Therefore, they had, yeah, no had legal nothing right to do to sue. with the with the contents of the law, which is all. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Any voter, anyone, any citizen in this country has has standing, in my opinion. Of the, the cases, I think there were 30 that were ruled on the merits. 22 were found to be uh, in favor of Trump. However, because in each of these individual cases, either the number of ballots or some other issues, uh, for instance, one example is the number of ballots did not equal a large enough number to have changed the election. It was ruled moot. Right. It doesn't matter if we win for you anyway, because you still lost the election. But it, it doesn't mean there was no electioneering going on. There was certainly yeah. fraud. Yeah. Bill Barr said there was fraud. The question is, was there enough to overturn the election? Right. The courts courts said, look, yes, you found 300 ballots in fraud, but there's a 7,000 margin here. So what's the point of this? Because these courts do not take action on those, it keeps happening. And then what happens when you get 15 judges in one state and you get 15 instances where it's 100 votes, or I'll say 1,000, and the margin 7,000. And now there's 15,000 fraudulent ballots confirmed by courts. But because each individual judge looks at one small individual, individual case, they dismiss all of them. Right. I, don't, I don't think that is the, the case for the most part when it came to Trump. My point is, on a granular, granular level, we can see directly local elections are easily, easily flipped with one person doing something like this. Yeah. This is inside the TCF Center. Now, the local media um, said that uh, this never happened. Patty actually called me on November 4th. She was inside the TCF and she said, Jim, you won't believe it. I, I just heard that a van dropped off boxes of ballots uh, 
in the middle of the night, and uh, she was working inside the TCF that morning. So we put in a request to get this video. It took months, and uh, we got this at Gateway Pundit. We put this up on a you know, on our site. We tweeted about it, and that's when we uh, lost our Twitter account, by the way, um, by putting up this video. Um, there's a lead car, uh, an escort car that comes in. You can see here um, each time he adds something to the people inside, and then the, this... Uh, this van drives in, uh, and they actually came in twice. Now, we had local media, one of the top reporters there. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, he said that this never happened. Uh, he was there all night. There was no fraud. Nothing happened. So now we have the video of that. We watched it actually happen live. So infuriating. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of the result of all of this election fraud, we've got Biden. Yeah. The gift that keeps on giving, by the way. Yeah, this week... Um, he called Justin Trudeau Joe. Well, that's his name. It, yeah, but it kind of—it's a shortened. Well, Justin if, Trudeau is just Joe. I know you could do that, but what if I just called somebody, the president of, or prime minister of another country, Leah? Oh, I mean, no, I mean Justin starts with a J and it ends with O. Trudeau, Justin Trudeau. But that's your own first name. Lost everything in between. You just, I think Joe? you're just so used to oh. hearing other people call you your name. Yeah, I think that's and what it was. you just lost it. So I've got this clip, and then I have uh, at the end of it uh, Donald Trump uh, giving his own impersonation of Joe Biden. You're okay. gonna like this. Let's listen to Joe. I think Prime Minister Joe and President, and I think Prime Minister Trudeau. And President Lasekle are also. Uh, President of what? Uh, and I also Lasekle. thank President Chavez uh, for. I want to thank them for committing to establish a new regional center of excellence in Costa Rica. And he goes, oh, thank, thank. So Joe doesn't great. go that fast, but I sped it up because I thought it was funnier. Yeah, it is funnier. Joe goes slower. He does, but he does turn around. And he's like, oh, oh, where am I? Here I am. Here I am. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, where are you all? <laughs> You're on brighteon.tv. That's where you are, the greatest network on the internet. Here's the deal. This coming Tuesday, this is really important. If you live in the vote, state of Ohio. I don't care if it's voter fraud. Please get out and vote. You don't care if it's what? I don't care if there's voter fraud. Just get out and vote. But oh, spiritually, yes. make no, it happen. Spiritually, I'm, seriously, this is before God. You must get out and vote because if you, you do not, no I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, I wanted to God. put on our banner outside on front, out front, vote no or or go to hell. It wasn't going to go over that well. What I meant by that, vote vote no or you will go to hell. I'm not sure that that's exactly nice either. But I'm just saying, if you do not vote no against this transgender bill where they want to cut off kids' genitals without parental consent, abortion up to birth without parental consent. This thing it opens the door for legalized pedophilia. It opens the door for legalized child prostitution. They want NAMBLA to come in, the National Association of Men Loving Boys, to come into Ohio. And I'm telling you, we have to say no to this spiritually and physically in Ohio, November 7th. Vote, vote, no. We'll see you next time right here from TV. God bless. Headline News with Resistance Chicks, we're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's November 3rd, 2023, and oh my gosh, what a week we have had. 
Yeah, you want to tell them about it? I want to tell them about it. You want to tell them about it, too. Okay, so we start. We kicked it off Monday night. Yes. With a phenomenal call. Go back Zoom and watch call. it. It was the coolest Halloween, we had, Halloween call I've ever been on. We had Scott Kesterson. Yeah. Brian and Alicia Derrico. Yeah. Rick Moyer. Yeah. Pastor Devin East. Yeah. Pastor Neil Peterson. Yeah. John and Stacey Barnes. Yeah. And then I think the Cantrells came in on the end. They did. It was so amazing. Then we roll right into the Night of Freedom. Now, if y'all don't know how it went, you actually can go and then watch the live stream we did the next day, which was the launching of Bards Nation. I'll get into that in a second. But it was so good, and it worked flawlessly. So we had glad tidings on the West Coast, like literally the coast. Please pray for Pastor Pastor Dave Bryant. Yeah, he's uh, he's He's sick, like a flu thing. Yeah, they've got they're giving him the stuff. The stuff is all I can say, but. Um, prayers are what is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. When you take the devil head on like Pastor Dave does, the onslaughts are going to come at they you. They are going to hit. So pray for Pastor Dave. We're just going to pray right now. Dear Heavenly yeah. Father, I lift up Dave to you right now. And I just pray that you are surrounding him with your angels, that you're healing him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, yeah. uh, that you're uh, just pulling out anything that's on the inside, any virus, any bacteria, anything that's going on on the inside, just pull it out and obliterate it. And I just pray that what he what comes out of this will glorify you in the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So they did theirs, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet. I just, I, I, I just... I know what it was. Yeah. Because they did teaching. They were actually delivering you like legitimate hands-on information. Then next door, we've got in in Oregon, yeah. Scott Kesterson, Brian and Alicia, CJ and Rick, and the Cantrell clan. Yes. Blowing it out of the park. And you can watch that live stream on Bards yeah, FM. Yeah, especially watch when the Cantrell kids get up. They were really moving in the Holy Ghost. Bards, F- Bards FM podcast on Rumble. Um so, so good. They were able to stream. Scott had to kick it off of his cell phone data. Uh, and so they were able to stream, I think, for like four or five hours that night, which is a really long time, by the way. Uh, and so I have seen clips from that, and it is so, so good. I'm going to end up playing it next week sometime along with the Glad Tidings one so I can catch well, up. Well, uh, the Cantrells came on um, the next day yes. at the Bards Nation launch and talked about it. So you can watch they did. that, too. So, so then <clears throat> we, we ended up live streaming from 6.30 p.m. till 6 a.m. from the 31st to the 1st. 12 hours, baby. Almost 11 and a half. We almost hit 12. And we had more worship, hands-on, praying for people, deliverance, more like inner healing um, and getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, prophetic words, things like that, and a lot of worship. So good. So what we were talking about on the Bards Nation launch is how perfectly these all fit together. Okay, so you had more testimonies and, and stuff like that in Oregon. You had teachings in um, in California, and you had worship in Ohio. So mm-hmm. just super cool. It was, I, I, we the messages that we got back from people, they were like, I was glued to the live streams. And I kept going to bardsfest.com, which is now up and running. You guys, you guys want to go check that out. Bardsfest.com. That is everything Bardsfest. All the past live streams, the photos, everything. Hannah has done a phenomenal job over there. Um, but on bardsfest.com, we live streamed all three events so people could just kind of toggle back and forth. Yeah. It's not a competition who got the most views. But I'm just saying, because we went the longest, we probably got the most. No, they did. Scott did. He got the most views? Mm-hmm. That's really sad. No, it's not. It's great. Yeah, I it's guess awesome. so. Yeah. Don't be we sad. longer. It's okay. It's we not a competition. longer. It's not. They had more. Well, we were streaming on Facebook. That's true. Okay. I have a little bit of a competitive spirit. I'm just saying. It's no lie. So then, bardsnation.com. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up. Leah, tell them about it while I pull it up. 
Yeah, so uh, you guys, Resistance Chicks viewers and the Bards people, if you would like a place where you can post, where you can discuss things, where you can get information on, you know, treatment for the thing or the thing, just go and join uh, Bards Nation. And you want to go to community.bardsnation.com. Well, first, first I want them to go to bardsnation.com. Okay. And here's why. Because it's so cool. Hannah has worked so hard on this website, and there's so much here. The County by County is here. You, there's a link to Bards Fest, and the Bards Store is here. There's going to be a lot going on at BardsNation.com. Mm -hmm. This is the website I want you to have memorized. Mm -hmm. Okay, BardsNation.com. There's just there's there's so much here. The pod uh, Scott's podcast is right there. Um, down here, you can shop at the Bards Store um, now, but you can click on Join the Community, mm -hmm. and when you do that, um, let's see really quick. I should be logged in. I am logged in. When you do that, you see this social media space and you can sign up. I already have 110 notifications. I've got friend requests here. I have a profile. Um, so I just, I love everything about this. It's a lot like Facebook, but a million times better. It's not even just Facebook. It's it's a community. So I like, yeah, it's a community. So guys, other people are going to be posting their gardening pictures. I love it. So go and like them and comment and encourage. Um, I think this is like, it's awesome. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Memes. Memes. Yeah. So, go get your good memes there. This so is We fun. want all of Resistance Chicks Nation and viewers to go and join bardsnation.com, community.bardsnation.com. This so is what's not the first just, and last nations. This is oh, that's awesome. Is that a group I don't know. that we've got? I don't know. On Bards Nation, looks like it is. That's awesome. So there's so there are. I don't want to pull up my messages, mm -hmm. um, but you have there's groups and there's messages. There's the actual. You can click on the family room right there, Leah. The family room will take you to the equivalent of what they have um, on Telegram. Okay, and so this is a constant running chat. Like, just constant feed, which is right. super, super cool. And I love it. So, guys, this is not just for Bards people. No. This is for anybody that's like-minded for the seven pillars that Scott talks about with County by County. Hopefully, there'll be homeschooling groups and, and gardening groups and how-to groups. You know, maybe you need a car an question answered. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be Come great on, man. to have some, you know, mechanics on there? Could get, you know, might be able to talk back and forth. You know, this is a kind of, here's the problem is that communities aren't the way they should be. And what I'm hoping will happen and what I'm praying will happen is that um, as our viewers and Scott's viewers and other people's viewers, as everybody kind of joins this site, yeah. uh, this is not like, uh, it's it's not like true social. It's not even like. Um, gab. No, yeah. It's not like that. It's it's more of a Facebook. It's more family oriented. So you post in your pictures and your memes. Um, it's what interesting is that um, connection is that Gab and all these other things they they never became like a Facebook. No. They never even became like a MySpace. Yeah. It, it was all mostly still, you're still just kind of posting links and things and, and it's all kind of political. Whereas this particular place is a place um, where you can ha have hopefully questions answered. Uh, we're encouraging everybody just to friend everybody. So everybody's in your feed. You know, I like what Chris over here says, um, I don't have a so have social media experience and I was even able to join. I'm excited about how cool all of this is. Nana Yaffa says, guys, I'm so tech challenged. I keep getting timed out trying to get logged in. <laughs> Nana, yeah, but that's upsetting. You might need to contact Hannah, and she can probably walk you through it um, on how to how to get get 
logged on there. Yeah. But um, I am so excited about this. I want everybody to be on there. And you know what I was thinking about? Post Bards Fest, post Isaiah 61 conference, we have been inundated with a lot of people asking us for prayer. Whereas in a community space like this, you would be able to post, hey, you know, I need prayer. I want to get my kid out of public school. Can you help me pray? Can you, you know what I mean? Like pray for my, my, my husband's illness or something like that. Like, and that's the place where to do it. Hopefully Jim can get on, even though he's only got a flip phone. Uh, once he gets Candy's phone opened up, then he can give the di updates on what's going on with Candy. Who's, um, who was the photographer at Bards Fest. And she had a stroke shortly afterwards. She's been in the hospital and the doctor said that she would only have half of her brain back. And she's kind of like a vegetable, but she's up. Now and walking. Yes. And what's really cool is that her physical ther her her therapist is teaching her back teaching her to read using scripture. I saw that tip yesterday. Yeah. So she has a Christian therapist, yeah. and he goes the the glory of God and the 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 how, how God just keeps moving moving is astronomical. Okay, so we do have a couple more updates that I want to give right off the bat um, for you guys. Just I'm going to what I'm going to do and soon I'll we'll be doing this on Bards Nation instead of over here on Facebook. But for right now, we're still on Facebook. Um, I'm going to take you to our Facebook page because I want to show you some of these. If I can just get myself together here, Michelle, I want to show you some of these updates that we have over here on Facebook. So, Leah, tell them about this uh, film, God of Heaven and Earth, that you just. Yeah. Found. So we might be going there tomorrow night or um, Sunday for Michelle's birthday. If you guys don't know, Michelle has a birthday. It's November 9th and she is going to be the big 4-0 and we are going to be pet sitting. And so I'm trying to put in some uh, fun things in between. But if you guys would like to send her a card, we have a P.O. Box 107 Milford, Ohio, 45150. And the one thing that I know that I can't give Michelle is enough appreciation. <laughs> Yes, so literally, I'm begging you guys to stop, help me stop, 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 stop. Because stop. No, no, Michelle does Leah, so much. Stop. She does. No, just give me a second. I'm working on this. This is hard for me. <laughs> all right. Michelle does so much. She does like all this tech stuff. Like, okay, so I put this show together, right? And Michelle's always like, Leah's so great. She put the show together. She's like, good show, Michelle. Leah, do you, you hear her say that? Do you ever hear me say, Good job on the tech, Michelle. No, I really should. It's like hard. I don't know why. I can encourage everybody else, but when it comes to my little sister, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It doesn't come out as easily. So encourage me on how to encourage Michelle. So if she has done something for you, if there's a message that she has given, help me. Help me. I'm begging you to make her birthday. Here's good birthday. the problem. Most of there's what no I do is unseen. They're graphics. They see. They're it posting all. the videos. It, here's the thing. All of that stuff. It's I not something that you can go, wow. Basically, did all that. I can do is go live on Facebook and post to my Facebook. All the stuff, all the show you see right now, the little stuff and the little to the bottom is the blow screen in the background. I don't know how to do that. Oh my gosh, did you even know that you have to do that? Like, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to do that. Okay. Then she puts up these little banners at the bottom and these interviews. And then when she creates the email, she does all this tech stuff, like hours. Are y'all signed up for the email? Sign that owl wait, too wait. Why are you ready? Can I'm they? too Wait. We were people were struggling. Can they get signed up now? Did yeah. we fix it? Yeah, it's fixed. Okay, if you struggled, I realized that the some of you did. And then that my job is to say, hey Michelle, you know, the thing that you did isn't working. She's like, I know I don't know how to fix it yet. So now it's fixed. So please go to resistancetricks.com. Click on the join the resistance block on the right hand somebody side. Somebody at page. our oh my gosh, it was funny because somebody came, I think. 
came all the way from Michigan mm -hmm. by getting your email this the day before. Oh, that makes my day. You didn't tell me that till just now. Yeah, and they're like, uh, somebody came because of your email. And like, I just got this e in, in your email the day before. And he's like, I haven't really been seeing your emails. I was like, because we haven't been sending any out. So oh, that's why wow. I haven't seen any emails. So, you guys literally made my whole day. Forget the rest of the show. Right. So what we had to do is we had 10,000 email people. And we had to scrap you all. All but like 300. All but 300. like Gideon's army. Okay. Because somehow some bots got in there. And it ruined all the emails. And so if you thought that you, if you did not get an email this past week, then you're not on the email list. It would have looked like this and look how fun that is. And you would, and it was like super awesome. There's so many links and so many updates. So what she's trying to do is to do, like, um, a, look, there's our chicken butchering picture, the latest news revelation, red pill, the latest shows. I have to do all of this, like Bard's Fest, there were all these links. There's a picture of us with Scott, a note I, from Scott about I his live to. stream. I get to. I get to, did I say I have to? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I get to. I mean, I get to. There's some pictures from Bard's Fest. I get to, no, it was so exciting. What do you do before you get the bug? That's an art, I'm putting that all winter long. That's gonna be at the bottom of every email for you guys. Um, all of our live stream things. So go and sign up for the emails and I promise you, I will not spam you. That's Once not a it. Week. No, no. Here's the thing. If you get an email, it's a miracle. <laughs> okay. So uh, she's going to try. You're actually going to try to do once a week. It might, it's probably not even going to be once a week. Okay. Well, yeah. Y'all had like five weeks off from Bards Fest till this last one that I said. And I wanted to get it out in time so that if people wanted to come to the event. So the fact that you're telling me like I spent, I don't know, four hours on that email. And someone came. And someone came. Yes. So for those little things, like, hey, so we can email you guys and be like, oh, do you want us to join us at this theater, you know, you know, for, you know, to see this movie we're going to see. Show, bring up the, the um, trailer for that, would you? Is it on Facebook? It's on our Facebook, yeah. So I just heard about this today and I thought, oh, cool. So we can't really go very far because we have so many dogs here uh, this week for Michelle's birthday. But I think uh, we can. Wait, this is not. No, 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 it's fine. So, can they see this? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you can go and you can get tickets. You can see what theater is near you. Now click to the three bars up top and it'll say video and then you can watch the trailer. This is a really cool movie on like how God, his miracles and his working and the evidence of God is everywhere. And I'm very excited to see this video. Earth. 
So it says in theaters for November. It says beginning the 4th and the 5th. Yeah. So does that mean that they, they're hoping that it'll continue a little bit? I think they're hoping it will continue. Okay. So, But you just don't know. Now, if you would go to um, YouTube and, and bring well, up... While I am on Facebook, let me okay. finish why I came here. Okay. Okay, so let me show you guys this flyer. Okay, so this this week there's like three cool things. So first Where's of all, to, I think tomorrow is. we're going to go to Newport on the Levee at the 6 o'clock showing, if you're going to join us, uh, to see that movie. Um, Newport on the Levee is Newport, Kentucky. Um, and then um, Michelle's birthday. This is really exciting, though. This is Because this is literally on my birthday, that yeah. we get to celebrate life. So Candace... If you want to celebrate Michelle's birthday with <laughs> well, us... Well, we're celebrating life, but No, yes. but we are. So if you, you guys want to be with Michelle on her birthday... Um, you're going to get a really fancy, awesome dinner, and the, any other proceeds are going to go to our dear, dear, dear friend, Candace Keller, and her pregnancy center, and you can buy a whole table uh, and um, for $300 or just one uh, seat for, you can't, you guys can't get a meal at a restaurant for 30 bucks. She posted, they already have 600 people booked. Oh my gosh. So that's huge. So, so Candace Keller, former Ohio State rep. Um, phenomenal woman, righteous woman, spirit-filled woman of God, by the way. She is literally the most fiery politician Ohio has had, at least in the past 100 years. Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. She, she helped get the fearless. heartbeat bill passed here in Ohio. She's fearless. So on November 9th, my birthday, at 6.30 in Westchester, Ohio, they have a keynote speaker of David Mahan and um, a, a guest artist. That's really cool. Mark this can, I guess mm -hmm. he's like one of those artists that like does stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Um, it's a celebrate life banquet. It's literally her pregnancy center, the community pregnancy center that she runs. Mm -hmm. It's her pregnancy center. Um, I don't know how many people they have. She said the youngest, the youngest lady that young lady they've ever had go through their um, pregnancy center was 11 and the oldest was 52. They have helped thousands of women to keep their babies. Yeah, so they David, give di diapers and up till five years old. Up till five years old, they, they help take help care you. of these kids. Yes, uh, we were with her um, a year ago, year or two years ago, where she was telling us how they just counseled like a couple fourteen-year-olds into keeping their babies. But David May Mahan is a husband, father, minister. And um, looks like the Center for Christian Virtues policy director and co-host of the Narrative Podcast. For years, David has been a popular presenter and consultant for such organizations as the Federal Administration for Children and Families, Georgia's Governor Office for Children and Families, Maryland's Department of Health, Mississippi Department of Human Services, Heartbeat International, the Council for Urban Boards of Education, and the Anti-Trafficking Network Switch. He has been a fierce advocate for youth and families across the U.S. and abroad, addressing tough audiences and tackling tough topics such as sexual risk avoidance, abortion, human trafficking prevention, fatherless homes, and gender identity. David's bold and engaging approach to communicating has influenced tens of thousands of people over the past 20 years, and in 2016, he was awarded the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award for exemplary service to the community. Wow, in 2019, he was invited to testify before Congress on how he and his family successfully overcame poverty, addiction, and abuse, and in just one generation, with the help of God's power and God's people and God's principles. So, so that's going to be on my birthday, November 9th. We are going to be there. Candace invited us, and I said, well, you know what? We're going to invite everybody else. So if you want to hang out with Leah and I on my birthday, you certainly can. And uh, Matthew, David, but will the be there only as well. thing you have to do is bring a present. No, you don't Wait, have to. Let me finish my sentence. Okay, good. All right. Could you let me finish my You're sentence? Making me freak out. Bring a present for a unwed mother Thank or you. a mother who Excellent. is. 
thinking about maybe aborting but it. needs help that's the present it's Thank like you. one of those like donate to the you know mm -hmm. ASPCA that's really good please come for Michelle's birthday so she would like you to donate so that women can keep yes. their babies so you can find out more information about coming at, well, first of all, on our Facebook page, but let me scroll up down to Candace's thing here. The web, friendsofpregnancychoice.net. Friendsofpregnancychoice.net. Um, the, the, all the information is literally and right there. And it's on our Facebook page. And it's on our Facebook page. Yeah. So very excited. And you know what? I'm going to add it to our show and event calendar page on yeah. resistancechicks.com. Give me awesome. the rest of tonight to get that done and we'll, we'll get it done. Now okay. you want me to go to YouTube? Yeah, another fun thing this week, I am highly recommending you all go see, my mom has been talking about this uh, documentary for a long time, After Death. There are several trailers, um, just, after, just death? after Death trailer. This is by Angel Studios, the same one that did Sound of Freedom. Yeah. And my mom has been playing this. She's like, you need to be encouraged. People need to be encouraged. It's a four minute trailer. Oh, here's a shorter one. Oh, I like okay. a four minute trailer. Official trailer, yeah, okay. four minutes. Play, the, play, play it. All right. Let's do it. Because I've never felt more alive. I've never heard these experiences before. Hogwash. It was 1969, a beautiful day to fly. We were about 100 feet above the ground when I started noticing that something was wrong. It was engine failure. Trees were filling our windshield. I found myself above the crash site. And while I'm processing what I'm looking at, I can see a pilot, and this is me. No two near-death experiences are the same. Out of nowhere, a trailer truck hit me head on. But they typically occur in a very consistent process. We began to go down the river, and my boat became pinned. I was drowning. The first thing that happens is called an out-of-body experience. And they come to a place of exquisite beauty. They very commonly see a light. Deceased relatives come to meet them. The first person I saw was my grandfather. Now I'm traveling like a rocket ship, straight upwards. And with that... <laughs> oh my God, I'm alive! But not every near-death experience is a good one. 23% had hellish experiences. I saw a black tunnel. I was just falling. I wasn't in fear, I was in terror. It was just darkness. Put me back. I don't belong here. I heard a voice before I woke up. You still have a purpose on Earth. I was very skeptical. I never felt alive and then dead. I felt alive and then more alive had full brain recordings from the dying human brain. Even though they were unconscious, they were able to give corroborative evidence. She's describing stuff that she just shouldn't know. This ain't right. You can't be mystified by that question. What happens after you die? Mm. This really does show that there is life after death. I'm Don Piper. And I died on January 18, 1989. A semi-truck crossed into oncoming traffic in the rain and crashed into me, killing me. Since 2001, 
the number of people who doubt the existence of life after death has almost doubled. But our film, After Death, can help change that. Together we can spread the message of hope that there is life after death. We don't want finances to be the reason someone doesn't see this movie. So Angel Studios has set up a pay it forward program where you can pay for someone else's ticket who might not otherwise see it. You could bring hope to someone grieving the loss of a loved one or even help someone struggling to find purpose in their life simply by paying forward a ticket and sharing this message. And if you are unable to pay it forward, we invite you to claim your free ticket today. This message is too important to let finances stop you from seeing it. Go to angel.com slash after death and show the world that there is a reason for hope. So they also have this awesome um, flex program. Yeah, so if you go to Angel Studios, um, you actually, if your theater has group tickets available. Um, oh, wait, I need to go back. To no, you that. did. No, go buy tickets. You, it was right. I got it. Nope, that wasn't it. I can't, this right here. Get, she gets showtimes. Got it. So our local one in Milford, if you click group tickets, click on that. And for, for you can literally get buy five, buy get five, five get buy 10, get 10 for any. So if your family and friends can't go with you, there's your flex tickets. So you don't have to go all at the same time. Yeah. So this is fantastic. So this is a really great way to pay it forward. I don't know when we're going to go, but we'll probably end up buying tickets. Um, we've got a lot of stuff you on our buying plates. extra tickets. Buying extra tickets and giving some away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've they their goal was 166,000 tickets, uh, or I don't know what their goal was, but they've 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 sold over 630,000 tickets. It's only been out for a couple of weeks. Um, at that, I think this is the second weekend. I think it was last weekend was the first wow. weekend. That's awesome. Um, so almost a million people. Okay, maybe that's not my best math. Um, over half a million people. <laughs> trying to figure out where we the mean, median, mode. Uh, 390%, 380% of their goal of people. That's so huge. We want, to be we want to encourage you guys. Now, speaking of life after death, I don't know. I don't normally play my own clips, but I don't know if you can find the clip of me kind of screaming about the Halloween. Well, Patriot Gallery cut it in. It's 20 minutes. Yes. The clip that she has. Right. So I think the part where I'm just kind of screaming about being in, in the haunted house, we'll see if we can find it. Why do you roll your eyes? No, I'm going to find it. Okay, <laughs> don't roll your eyes. Um, so, on at the night of freedom, we can just play some of it. I got this revelation that there were how many how many haunted I'm going to see this. How many haunted houses are there in America? I wanted to know this number. All right, there's about 1,200 professional haunted houses in America. About 300 theme parks that operate horror themes and over 3,000 what? 3,000 charity attractions that open for one day on Halloween or allow two weekends on October to produce by local. Okay, what's char charity on Halloween? All right, so with, with all these haunted houses and they're trying to scare people and with chainsaws and blood, and, and we already talked about that, so I'm not going to dive too much into Halloween. But I had this revelation that the scariest haunted house ever in the entire world will be a baby in a womb 
who is torn apart limb by limb by limb, and sometimes with and they they feel the pain. This was a prophetic word that you were giving. It just came to you in the moment. So yeah. And in reference to, we're going to talk about right now Ohio's issue one. Yeah. And how I need everybody to go in Ohio to vote no, vote no, vote no, vote no. And by the way, vote no on issue two, too, as well. Please. Yes. I want them to see what it looks like. I want God. As you sing whatever song you're going to sing next, let's envision right now the Holy Spirit on the night where the devil thinks is his night. That everyone in Ohio will have dreams and visions. You see, they try to make Halloween about blood and gore. There is nothing bloodier and nothing gorier than ripping a baby out of a womb. And so tonight, I want to scare the hell out of them. I want them to see what it looks like. I want God to put you in that womb tonight. I want you to feel what that baby feels. I want you to feel those force that's on your head ripping you apart. You cannot make a mockery of God. These fright houses. There's nothing more frightening than a baby inside of an abortion clinic getting ready to lose their life. And to all those children out there right now who are dressed in all these ghouls and godlies and costumes, they have no idea. They have no idea that tomorrow there will be babies just praying and saying, the haunted house is my mother's womb. And I want you to see the blood and I want you to see the gore. And I want you to say, not on my watch. So tonight, Lord God, I ask you to give them dreams. Give them visions of what it's like to be a baby in that womb. Father God, scare the hell out of them. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll play a little music to it. Guys. <laughs> I'm taking the land. I'm taking
children since the very beginning, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, Lord. We are part of your army. Dress us for battle, Lord. We're ready. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. So as you sing whatever song you're going to sing next, let's envision right now the Holy Spirit on the night where the devil thinks is his night. That everyone in Ohio will have dreams and visions. You see, they try to make Halloween about blood and gore. There is nothing bloodier and nothing gorier than ripping a baby out of a womb. And so tonight, I want to scare the hell out of them. I want them to see what it looks like. I want God to put you in that womb tonight. I want you to feel what that baby feels. I want you to feel those forceps on your head ripping you apart. You cannot make a mockery of God. Fright houses. There's nothing more frightening than a baby inside of an abortion clinic getting ready to lose their life. And to all those children out there right now who are dressed in all these ghouls and godlies and costumes, they have no idea. They have no idea that tomorrow there will be babies just praying and saying, The haunted house is my mother's womb. And I want you to see the blood and I want you to see the gore. And I want you to say, Not on my watch. So tonight, Lord God, I ask you to give them dreams. I'm 100% convinced that this is the exact same clip we just watched. But tonight you've come to more than just worship. You've come to war. And tonight we declare in the heavens... The but there shall be right a war against darkness. <laughs> there shall be a time of which evil is restrained. There shall be a time of which darkness shall flee. There shall be a time of which the light is released into the darkness. And tonight we declare that there shall be victory in heaven's camps. There shall be victory in the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we declare that tonight you've come to battle. You've not just come to relinquish authority, to let the hate, the gates of hell prevail. No, you are the children. You are the force of God's heavenly host upon this earth. And so we declare right now that this place shall be a place of war. It shall be a place of victory. It shall be a place of intercession. It shall be a place of healing. It shall be a place of meeting with the Lord. It shall be a meeting place where the veil is thin, where we can see the face of God. And this is the camp of which we shall release the words of the faith. This shall be a camp of which we shall push back darkness. This shall be a place of which there shall be victory. And so we declare right now to the north, to the south, east, and west that darkness will not prevail. We declare right now that there shall be liberty upon this earth. And we break down the heavens. We break down the darkness of this realm of earth. And we begin to release the praise of Yahweh, the praise of Yeshua, the praise of the King who rightfully took the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And we speak right now that 
to rise up in your bones. That you begin to understand that you're more than a conqueror. That you begin to understand that you were made for such a time as this. This shall not be a place of just small thinking. This shall be a place of victorious living. That we are the sons and daughters of the living God. So I want you to lift your voice and I want you to dance and I want you to decree and I want you to praise and I want you to push back darkness, bind up curses, break the chains of the captives and I want you to shout the victory because there's victory in the camp of the Lord. Victory in the camp of the Lord. Come on. power mic. Is everybody good tonight? Woo! Woo! Just Glory. Hello, hello. There we go. All right. I'm so glad everybody's here tonight uh, to worship. That's the very start of the night. Oh, okay. So I don't think we need to play anymore. We, we didn't that we didn't get to the to the she didn't put in there the the ooh, she was going on it on it. Oh, the the violinist. Maybe right there. They are mighty Christy's faces are like my favorite. I could watch her sing all day. Here's the deal. They played together for the first time that night. 
all of these people did. For actually. the first time. The drummer, the, the violinist, singers, the violinist. Now, um, at the end of tonight's show, the violinist, her name is Kira. She dropped her very first ever single today, and her mom sent it to me. Oh, can we play it? Well, I'll play it at the end of the show. Okay. I'm gonna so stick around, and I'm gonna play this single on YouTube, and I want you guys to watch it and share it because I want to help make it go viral. It's really, so really, really good. When did I have her play? She played with the violin, and I'm just trying to remember where I had her play. Because she came back on and played with the violin a song, and then there was like this prophetic word behind it. Um, look at Neil, just awesome praising God. So this didn't even happen. That didn't even happen until an hour and forty minutes into the. Yeah. Okay. Because I think, was it after the kids, did she come, did they come back up and play? Yeah, they they kept coming back up. And then there's Pastor Devonese. Guys, go in, go to the actual live stream that's 11 and a half hours long and just kind of skip through. Um, and I can guarantee you, you will be touched. You will be touched. There is so much that happened in those 11 and a half hours. Just, I mean, it was just, it was such a great night. So I'm praising God. We, I believe that we turned this night of darkness into a night of light. I know that they did that in Oregon and also in California. And so just Neil up on that. That was when it was Neil. I was on the box drum when uh, that where's a Cause when did Devonese come in to talk about the um, prophetic worship? That was before I had her come up for the kids. Wasn't it? Because um, there was a, there was, she, she started playing. I was talking about the kids Anyways, there was a beautiful time where we just, let's see, I'm going to try to find this. So that, I want you guys to see this. Well, I guess I'll have, you're wanting me that to pull was the, second the whole time live stream. Real. The whole live stream. 11 hours long. So good though. So guys, we are going to get to the news. Um, I, I promise you. I promise you we're going to get to the news. This is issue one, baby. Okay, I had her play on the Why violin. are we so staunchly against this? And and we're going to we're going to play clips for you guys tonight that will prove to you that this is Let me turn this down here. Okay, here it is. Okay, what's your minute mark? Um of this world. 126, 120. Hang on, guys. Be okay, patient. 118. With us. Try 118. Yeah. Well, how much of this are you going to play? Just hit it. Okay. I'll play for a little bit. We'll turn yours off. I will. It's still processing two days later, by the way. Is it really? Yep. Speak life and say what I got. Let, 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 
people that you can speak to the audience? Do you got a word you can pray? Can you pray for the people watching right now for their kids? Oh, God, we pray today, Jesus, that every every lost child that has went forth, God, and been taken from the enemy, God, we pray, Jesus, that you would bring them back into the house of the Lord just the same way they were taken, God. Lord, there, I was reading through the book of, of Exodus today, and Moses was speaking, right? And Moses was talking to Pharaoh, and he said, let my people go. And he came to Pharaoh time and time again saying, let my people go. And God, I'm demanding, God, right now that you would let all of the people go, God, who have been held captive by Satan, the Pharaoh of this day. Lord, we're, we're relying on you because there's nothing that we can do. God, it is out of our hands. But Lord, we know a God who can do it all. We know a God who has every single child written on the palm of his hand. God, and we are knowing, God, that you are going to bring them back in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Any other younger people got a word? Any of you guys? I knew it. Okay. Before I came here, I felt the Lord saying, a lot of you are like David going out against Goliath. <laughs> and Saul has given you the armor, and it is so heavy. And you're trying to war against Goliath. You're trying to fight against the enemy. But the weapons of your warfare aren't trained for what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Father, in your mighty name, God, I just pray that you would just touch the heart of these young men and women, these old men and women, and that you would just rise us up in your anointing, and that your spirit would go out, and that that which was once our fear would become our victory, that which was once the defeat will become our battleground. In your name, I just pray that your presence and your spirit and your love would just go out and it would not only chase us, but that it would be so alive within us that it would it would shine like a bright light because it says your word is light. It's a light to my path. So Father, in your mighty name, I just pray that you would rise us up in your anointing and that you would teach us to be free, Lord God. And that not only in this service right now we would feel your presence, but that we would go out and we would be the warriors. The people would look at us and they would say, what is that that they have, that they're different, that they have this power source in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray this in your mighty name, amen. Do you have a song that goes with that? Um, Do you have a song that you'd play? That is, go ahead, you play your song. What's on your heart right now? This song is for your kids tonight.
the battle is already won. He said, the battle, the battle is already won. He says, call upon me and the nations will be free. He says, call upon me and the nations will be free. He says, call upon me and the nations will be free. He says, the battle, the battle, it's already won. Man, if y'all didn't see this live, I know Nana Yaffa was there like all night long. She said she fell asleep watching it, by the way. Okay, we're done. We can be done. What I mean is, here comes Michelle. <laughs> I think we're tired enough. <laughs> okay, Michelle comes up with a big prayer, man. We just we play the whole night. We'd be here for twelve we hours. We could play here. We could stay, but they can just go back and watch it. No, they can't. Not with me. Not with me <laughs> watching it back. I'm like in Fireville. Like, it's one thing to be on the front stage. It's another thing to have the. Here's the thing: when you get into a place of the Holy Ghost like that, it's no longer you. Yeah, it's really good. And so I'm hearing the Holy Spirit speak back. I'm like. That's not me. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm ministering. This is why you need to be praying in the Spirit. Amen. Because you will minister to yourself. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit speaking. Whatever that was, it won't me, Jack. Okay? I know that's not me. All right? 
I know that's not me. And I want to listen to more of that because that is the Holy Spirit. You know what? I'm going to say that was me. That was, that was me. That's the Leah in heaven speaking to the Leah on earth. Okay. Amen. And this is, this is where we need to operate out of, out of the, our voices that speak purely in heaven. In heaven, we speak things that are pure and true and righteous and holy. And I just want to be there the rest of the night. Like, I don't want to leave. The glory of God has fallen. And I just want to be like, da, 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 Okay. How does she, like, okay, I've heard a lot of violinists over the years. Oh, my gosh. Kira ranks up there at the top. Like, she didn't miss anything no and the fact that she was like improvising like improvise playing the violin like that's like and harmonizing with what you're with the other music that you're playing i mean it was I just, just want to if that's heaven i know y'all want me here but i can see why paul would be like let's just go to heaven let's go no, we have to actually. I got stay. stuff to do here. So that's, stay for the end. So that's I am why I play her her single. That so that's today. Why, that's why Paul says I'd rather I'm gonna clock out on you people because I just want to be with God in perfection. But the idea, as Corgay would say, is to bring heaven to earth because Amen. we can't clock out because there's too many people that need. And here's the thing: the reason we aren't experiencing heaven on earth mm. is because we aren't bringing heaven to earth. True. We don't need to go to heaven to experience heaven. We Let's can bring, we can do, do it here, it. right? Yes, and that's our job. Yes, we're, we're failing. We're gonna get it. Human resources are gonna bring us into the office. <laughs> we're getting. <laughs> we're it. getting. If we if we're getting one of those uh, those worker reviews, which I've never been employed of anybody, so I don't know what those are like. But would I'm you sure like me to write fine. you one? Absolutely not. You know, there's people like I'm up for review. I'm like, are we in, are we in kindergarten? No, 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 no. Hannah kept asking Scott for one. For the longest time. She's like, would you write me one, please? She really, 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 really wanted one. And I'm like, okay, after Bard's Nation, the, the review is going to be like this long of how no, awesome but she, she is. Yeah, but like in the review, you are supposed to get the things that you don't do well. Which is so dumb. And most employers do the you, things that you don't, don't do, do well. well. I know. Because when people ask you like, hey, do you see anything wrong with me? Like, if you're asking. <laughs> Right. If you really want to know, don't ask unless you want to know. All right, let's bring up the Abby Johnson clip. And super important before we before we do anything at all. What's that? So one of our dear friends, and I heard a song in my head. So. Resistance Chicks Healing da, Ministry da, team da, 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 has a birthday da, da, da. tomorrow. Sam, is she in the house? She is. Samantha, what's her name in the chat? Sir Thriving Sir, Mama. Okay, ready, everybody. Just, I don't care if you don't comment on Rumble. Everybody watching right now, happy birthday, Samantha. Happy okay. birthday, Samantha. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Samantha. First driving mama. Happy birthday to you. We Yay. love you so much. Awesome. I hope that you Why have a wonderful, very, very blessed. I did plug it in. Blessed birthday. Tomorrow, you have a wonderful birthday weekend. Oh, and that take all your kids to go see those two movies. Say, this is my birthday present. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Say, this is what you guys are going to do. You're going to go see movies with me. Like and it. here's the thing. What's great? Oh, Sam, this is fantastic. So because you have 100 people in your family, um, just go buy the tickets for yourself, man. Buy five, get five free. Oh, wait, no. I'll buy your tickets. I was going to send you a Founder's Bible, but your mom said that you have one. So I will oh. buy your tickets. Yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to buy your tickets. That's fantastic. Okay, praise God. Happy birthday, Samantha. We love you so much. 
And I wanted to send you a birthday card. And I still might. Yep. Because <laughs> I love you. She said today, I have so much stuff to do and I want to send Sam a birthday card. And I didn't have time. But we will. Okay. All right. So now we can finally get to the news. Well, this is the same news. All right. So Abby Johnson, this is the, the, the Ohio issue one. And we don't, why don't we have a shirt on? I don't know. We'll wear them Sunday. For sure. Okay, so if you're in Ohio, please go out and vote. But if you're not in Ohio, please pray for us that as we will get the victory. <laughs> wow, okay. that was unfortunate. That was pretty good. I had a I had a run on it and everything. Victory. Okay, so anyways, this is a, this is national news. They want to rip babies apart up to nine months, and Jesse Kelly. He's really funny. He has a really great show, but he gets really serious at times. And he has Abby Johnson on to tell us in actually harsher terms than I would put it how bad issue one is mm. on the ballot in Ohio. So can we play her clip? Yeah, where is it? I thought you'd just find it. It's one of them here. Do, 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 I'd have to go through all the tweets, which is fine. I can. Uh, you just kind of normally do it when I'm like, I'm kind of like, I thought there, I'd I had it teed it. up. That's Julie Kelly. I thought it was kind of teeling. Yeah, no, that is. That'll play it. Will it? Yeah, because then I... It says I... No, that's not it. I tried. But she was in it, too, so... I know she was. Here we go. I think I got it. At minute 14. Family decision made. No, wait, it's before that. Sorry. I think it was 7.44. Okay. Hang on. Let me no, screen share. she starts before that. It's... Well, she starts with the... What yeah, you I want her to start do. before that. That was okay. the, the little minute clip that was played on your intro. Okay. So go. it just, it starts wherever. Nice face. She's, she gets the Botox in her lips. It's okay. We can't all have family decision making. That's what issue one is all about. It gives families the freedom to make their own decisions without judgment. And when, Actually, but because they go right, being matched going on right now, and nobody's voting. If you live in Ohio, I mean, how many people watching me right now? They have a, a Trump bumper sticker or a DeSantis bumper sticker, and they talk about Republicans. Yes, I love this country. Go America. How many of them are going to go out and be actually pro-lifers at the ballot box? Because that battle's happening, and it's happening right now, and the forces of evil intend to win it. That's forces what of I'm evil, trying to say. Like this pastor. As a pastor, I've counseled families on the most important personal decisions, even abortion. Abortion is a private family decision. Right. Government needs to stay out of family decision making. Government. That's what issue one is all about. It gives families the freedom to make their all own right. decisions without judgment and without the government getting Life. involved. Vote yes. You're an evil man. You're an evil man. Yeah. You know, Judgment Day is going to be harder for some than others. Just put it out there. Joining me now, Abby nah. Johnson, former Planned like Parenthood director, and now maybe the on. premier pro-life advocate in the country. I love Abby Johnson. Abby, okay, Abby. Abby, first of all, come on, girl. let's set aside that demon masquerading as a pastor for a moment. What's happening in Ohio? A Why pastor. should people get involved? Yeah, so what's happening in Ohio is really important because I believe that this is she going to, Ohio, to set the, the stage for the rest of the country. Um, what's happening in Ohio will eventually spread all across America. So right now, this is not just, um, you know, a bill that's going to be passed. This is not just some like some statutory language that's going to go um, in a bill. 
This is a constitutional amendment that Ohio is voting on. So people need to understand that. This is, if this goes through, this changes their state constitution, okay? So that means it cannot just be undone uh, by the legislature later. This is a very serious vote. Um, so people need to be aware of that. Um, this is the most serious change you can make uh, to your state is changing the state constitution. So basically what this does is it makes abortion a constitutional right in the state of Ohio. And there's a few things to note um, in the language. It's, incre it's incredibly vague, okay? Of Which, course. That's <laughs> exactly why um, that's exactly how I know that somebody from the pro-abortion movement wrote this bill, because this is how we wrote bills. So when I was at Planned Parenthood, you know, you intentionally write them vague so that there's no timeline, right? Because they want to be able to commit abortions through all nine months of pregnancy. And you'll see that when you look at the amendment, there's no gestational minimum or maximum, okay? The other thing that you'll notice if you look at the amendment and one place that people should go where you can actually see what is written in the bill, the, the amendment, you can see the text. You can go to seethelanguage.com, seethelanguage.com, and you can see everything is written up there. Uh, you can see what all of this means. The first thing I noticed though, Jesse, when I looked at the amendment was that the language is genderless. Okay, this is a bill particularly about abortion, but it is genderless. There is no pronouns. There's no she, her, or him pronouns. Um, there is no mention about women, even though it is women get pregnant is women who have abortions um it is there is no mention of gender why because this is also an amendment to open up gender transition surgery without parental consent taxpayer Whoa. funded people need to understand why this bill is so vague, why it's so ambiguous, because it sets the state up to transition children, for children to have abortions, all without their parents' knowledge, all with the citizens of Ohio paying for these surgeries. Freaking grief. Abby, okay, Ohio is a red state now. It's not even a purple state anymore. It's a red state now. How is this even, an option. What happened? Well, you know, uh, the pro-abortion movement has a lot of money, and they are not scared to lie. Okay, so one of the things that happened, I have a I have a, a staff member that lives in Ohio. She sends me this commercial. Okay, of uh, this couple who, uh, you know, they put out this. Uh, this commercial, this pro-abortion group puts out this commercial with this couple, their baby had um, a, a fetal abnormality. And the commercial states 
that this couple was unable to terminate her pregnancy in the state of Ohio. So uh, she had to go across state lines to get an abortion. Now, when I first saw the commercial, I was like, that's a lie. Because currently in the state of Ohio, there is exemptions for women who are in a life threatening condition, which she said that her life was on the line. So if her life was on the line, then she would have been able to have an abortion in the state of Ohio. So either she's lying or her life wasn't on the line, okay? Um, The second thing she said was that it was so expensive that she had to pay all this money and that Planned Parenthood had to help her fund her abortion. Well, what we found out was that this woman was a state employee. She's a state employee. So that means she was on the state insurance and the state insurance will pay for an abortion. So there was no reason that her abortion wouldn't have been covered. So this whole commercial is a complete lie, but they are turning this woman's tragedy into propaganda to lie to people, to manipulate them, and to basically coerce them into voting for something that they actually don't want, but they're just manipulating them for a vote. Abby, I'm going to ask you a question. It may be vague, I don't know, but you know so much more about this than, than, than most people do. You said the abortion industry has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Why? Where does that come from? Who loves abortion to the point that they stroke gigantic checks to make sure the abortion industry is funded as well as it does? Where does this money come from? Is that it on the Ohio yeah. part? Yeah. Okay. So, guys, this is really, really important. This is a national issue because they're not just coming after Ohio. And the money that has come in from outside, speaking of who is funding abortion, has come from outside the state. Ohio did not put this on the ballot. They sent people from out of state to come in and collect signatures in order to put this measure on the ballot. And again, just to reiterate how how terrible this is, going back to August 8th, when we were voting, we were trying to vote yes on a constitutional amendment, which would make it harder to amend the constitution. Here in Ohio, we have the second to last weakest constitution in the entire nation. The state of California is in last place. We are in 49th. What that means is in order to change our constitution, it can be done like that. 50% of the population plus one person. 50% of the population plus one person can vote to amend the constitution. Here in, in, in the the United States in the federal government to amend our constitution. It is way more difficult and it should be. It should be difficult. You don't just have it so that you can rip up the foundation of your house at a whim. Okay. That's not how things work. And so they want to enshrine in the constitution, a bill that is not just vague. It's deliberately vague. Okay, 
when the one of the things that they did to amend our constitution here in Ohio was putting four casinos in the constitution mm -hmm. with their addresses. That's very specific. It is. That was a very specific, and I still I don't actually agree with it. It rem, it it should have gone into the Ohio Revised Code, mm -hmm. not as a constitutional amendment. Our constitution has been changed 170 how many times? 172. 172 times. How many amendments are in the U.S. Constitution? I should know that, but I don't. Not that many. Not that many. You should not be able to amend the Constitution like they can. And it's only been the past 100 and some odd years mm -hmm. when the progressives came in and they wanted to start changing laws in Ohio that they made it so that you could do this. And it was for nefarious reasons. And so in August, we tried to make it so that this would, that this would be reversed. And it used to be bipartisan to reverse it. I said something in August about voting yes on issue one, that if you did not vote yes on issue one, the judgment and wrath of God was coming on you. That judgment is still coming. Mm -hmm. To maybe try to get out from underneath that judgment, if you didn't go and vote yes back then, you need to vote no right now. Because if you don't, I'm not, I'm not cursing you. I cannot change the word that God has let go. Okay, so you need to actually, it's not enough to want it to pass. You have to actually go. And if you know of anybody in Ohio, you need to be texting them. Are you voting no on issue one? Are you, do you know how bad it is? Do you know what they want to do with this, right? We need all hands on deck. And above all else, we need you guys to help us pray. Yeah, no. This is because if it topples here in Ohio, it's going for the next state and the next state and the next state. And they will just keep coming like a battering ram. The left is trying to take a battering ram to the state of Ohio and the entire nation needs to stand up and say no. So, you know, it's not, this is not a left-right issue anymore. If you go against the deep state, they're going to come after you. Um, we just covered on our show, um, on the Brideon show, which you guys should all be watching at 6 o'clock live, but hopefully we'll get that up on Rumble so you guys can look forward to watching us starting earlier, if you would like to, at 6 o'clock. But um, we covered... With that, if we do do that, and let me make this very clear for you guys... We would still, um, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting a, transition. So what I will do is there will be the live stream for six o'clock, which will air our Brighteon program, which Brighteon would stream to our channel. Then it would take me about five or 10 minutes to set up a brand new stream, in which case you would then need to come back, come back. And, um, unless I could use the same codes and stream to the same stream. Oh, let's think about it. All right. So a Democrat judge in Connecticut has overturned the results of a mayoral primary election in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and ordered a new election to be held after bombshell video evidence of election fraud was found. We covered this extensively on our Brighton show. The volume of ballots so mishandled is such that it calls the result of the primary election into serious doubt. And if you've seen 2000 Mules, our election was thrown into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate results of the primary, Judge Clark wrote in his ruling, adding that the videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all the parties. Judges... <laughs> I dropped my second pen. I just, <laughs> just dropped my second pen. Across the county now have a case to go off when ruling in future mail-in ballot fraud cases. Wow. You can overthrow the results of an election. Mm. Okay? So here we have, in this thread below, I will note the critical moments of this massive story. So... This is the outrageous video, and it's okay because it's a Democrat race, and it's not a Republican race. 
So we are allowed to show this. This is allowed on the Internet because it has nothing to do with Donald Trump or Republicans. You're okay. saying that, but I'm still not buying it. No, a, okay. a Democrat judge ruled in a Democrat case. Okay, and this was the this came from the Democrat um, deal. Okay, so this is the and because the, the internet's Democrat, by the way, in case you knew. Um, this is the outrageous video of the Democrat clerk stuffing illegal illegal ballots into the city drop box and visiting it multiple times in one day. This video was leaked by a whistleblower inside the city of Bridgeport. She's got a big old bag. Oh, oh, that's a lot. Oh, bye-bye. Come back later. Okay. Let's see. Is she coming back in this video? I don't know. This is almost a two-minute video. I know. Let's see if she comes back. Where's she going? You can fast forward a little bit. Is, she, is that her coming back? Looks like it. This is a different timestamp. Okay. Isn't it? Let's see what the timestamp is on this one. So that was so one minute later she comes back. One fifty four five forty three AM. Wow, she's gotta go keep she couldn't put it in a back box. In a backpack? One drop. She's just stuffing and stuffing away. Drop two. Drop three. There's somebody else there because she was kind of like talking to somebody. Seven seventeen on the September twenty fifth. Back at Wanda's workstation, she preps for another deposit. She, she's going to jail. This time, seen sends an employee to make a fourth deposit while she watched. She's watching. Whoa. So here's the thing. Here, and you scroll down. What this uh, just shows is how easy this is. After that video was released, John Gomes, the cheated candidate in the race, held a press conference. Both Democrats, by the way. In this primary alone, the city of Bridgeport received over 4,000 absentee ballot applications, an unprecedented number in the city and possibly the state. This trend, really? coupled with the State Election Enforcement Commission's recommendations ballots? regarding the misuse of absentee ballots in the city's 2019 mayoral election, has raised serious concerns about the potential for abuse in the absentee ballot system. On primary night, our campaign was victorious at the polls, with a stand of 470 votes based on incoming results. However, as absentee ballots were being tabulated, our lead dramatically eroded, ultimately resulting in a 2 to 1 loss margin with an ultimate election difference of 251 votes. Such a drastic shift in results raised red flags as they've had in the past. Today, we are holding this press conference because we have gathered evidence indicating voter suppression and absentee ballot fraud. Multiple complaints have been filed with the State Election Enforcement Commission, wow. including Go the figure. most recent and irrefutable it. piece of evidence, an incriminating video for City Hall security footage okay. showing... Now, if you scroll down, as if it wasn't enough already, the city's register of voters admitted under oath in court that she had been violating the law on mail-in ballots for years. ...show the date, the precise time the clerk received the ballot and the clerk's signature. Are you aware of that? 
And uh, were you aware that if the, the Secretary of State says in Exhibit 126, if an outer envelope does not substantially comply with this requirement, the ballot cannot be counted? That's what it says. Did you know that? Now I do. Okay, I guess maybe I should ask, did you know that? Did you know that on September 12th? No, I didn't. And uh, did you ever instruct your absentee ballot moderator that that was the rule? You go with the manual. You went over this manual with the absentee ballot yeah. moderator? Well, I, you know, we, we go through the manual, but you know, on past practices. So, yeah. pa past practices were in your office, a registrar of voters, a Democratic registrar of voters' office was not to require a signature on the clerk's endorsement? Oh, no, I know. Um, actually, this is um, new to me about the signature. I'm not clear, so that means I haven't read the book thoroughly and properly like I should have. In an instance, in this instance. Okay. Well, you, you, you agree that what I'm showing you here uh, in Exhibit 2-10162 does not include a signature of Mr. Clemens, right? Not this one. Right. And if, we, if I can ask you to take a look at 128A at 69. If I can look at the stamp on this one. This is a, an absentee ballot application um, received by the town clerk. All right, uh, Ms. Howard, you would agree that that particular stamp does have a facsimile signature of the town clerk, Charles D. Clemens, Jr., right? Yes. And the one that I showed you, just the last one I showed you on the absentee ballot out of envelope, did not have a signature, did it? And so would you agree that under the Secretary of State's handbook here, step two, that the, that the particular outer envelope with the stamp without the clerk's signature should not have been counted. Objection to form, Your Honor. Call for speculation. She was not, as already testified, she was not a she's, she's in charge. Were you in charge? I'll, I'll ask it this way. You were, you were in charge of, of the counting of all of the ballots. That was your overall job, right? The overall job is to moderate. I oversee the election. I provide um, over to, to um, oversee the the uh, ballots in, in the polling precincts. So they are required to follow this step. So. Including step two, the endorsement has to have a signature. Correct. And you told uh, the absentee ballot moderator that before the primary? No, I didn't tell him that. No, I did not. Did you have any discussion with him about that? No, I did not. Did you go through the, the, the absentee ballot manual with him? Well, so she admits that uh, they haven't been go going over these ballots for years. Last but not least, uh, uh, says uh, Lua Valentino uh, and I are going to break down the story. Okay, all right, so. Here we go. And then Carrie Lake says, ignoring problems doesn't make them go away. They just make them bigger. And we broke down things in Georgia and Arizona on our Brighty End show. So you guys can check that out. That's pretty big news. Uh, speaking about thing, ignoring things and they just keep getting bigger. Uh, we have an in investing legend who obviously I don't know much about because I don't invest. 
except in Jesus and gold and silver, but in gold and silver is an investment. So I guess I invest in my garden and myself and whatever. Um, <laughs> investing legend Stanley Druck in my Miller. I want to play this clip for you. You may not understand a lot of the um, financial jargon, but at the end he says, we have to stop guys. We are drunk. But his last name literally looks like drunken. It does look like drunken. It's drunken, Meyer. but it looks like drunken. It looks like drunken Miller. So I'm just saying. But is there any way around monetizing these debt levels? Is there any way inflation is not here to stay? Yeah, I, yeah, we could have a um, long term. Look, I don't have to worry about the long term <laughs> my day job, but <laughs> right. but I will say this: we could have an event. I don't know whether. Hopefully, it's not a. a, a a war of major powers that bring us together and you get sacrificial behavior like we got after the depression in the world war two we could have a financial crisis um, due to everything i've been talking about and finally my generation i think paul jones made the point we've given nothing we've given nothing and now we want to screw our grandchildren finally we get the memo so no i'm not i'm not that pessimistic and I'll say the other thing I'm optimistic about. Um, Jerome, <laughs> no, Jerome Powell normalizing interest rates. Yeah. We now have a hurdle rate for investment in this country. So I think the allocation of capital, ironically, if we don't go to the, you know, the zombie route and if we don't continue the drunken set, ironically, I think it could be, it could be a force for good. Because instead of funding a bunch of nonsense and bubble stuff, the, the capital gets more properly allocated. So, look, I'm open-minded to a really bad outcome, and I'm open-minded to a decent outcome. But we need to I'm get just, we, we need look, to cut the I, I, we I'm need here to cut today not to talk about Janet Yellen. I'm but. here today, guns and butter this morning. I could have written it. By the way, I didn't. Um, We've got to stop, guys. We're drunk. We're, we're digging this deep hole. What are we doing here? So what, what's more important? Oh, my gosh. All right. Target CEO is warning that consumers are tightening their spending. Following the warning from ex-Walmart CEO Bill Simon regarding American consumer nearing a breaking point, Target CEO Brian Cornell, which pretty much everybody goes to Target or Walmart, has also signaled a cutback in consumer spending, groceries included. This trend aligns with our view, uh, from uh, as well as the views from J.P. Morgan Goldman that consumers have hit a wall. On Thursday morning, Cornell uh, spoke with CNBC's Becky Quick on Squawk Box about the retailers' challenges, including cr cash crunch facing consumers in high inflation. He provides a unique insight into consumer behavior patterns at stores nationwide. They're managing the, that budget really carefully, and it certainly is pressuring discretionary spending. The executive continued, they're purchasing fewer items, even within the food and beverage, sec beverage sector. When we examine overall, I guess you can just play it there. Go ahead. Yeah, there's like a clip. I didn't see that clip was there, so let's just play it. Listen to him say it in his own words. Yeah, let's hear him. Okay, hang on. Target CEO 
Brian Cornell sat down for his first television interview since March to talk about some of the challenges facing the retailer. Everything from the backlash around Pride Month merchandise and messaging to the crunch that consumers are still feeling from high inflation. We started with what Cornell learns from shoppers' behavior. They're managing that budget really carefully. And it's certainly pressuring discretionary spending. Meaning they're, they're buying less stuff. They're buying less stuff. Even within food and beverage. Again, we look at overall retail spending. Just look at the top line. You say, all right, a really healthy consumer, and they are spending. But even in food and beverage categories, over the last few quarters, the units, the number of items they're buying, has been declining. So they're even tightening up their spending in those categories. But in discretionary goods, we've seen seven consecutive quarters of both dollars and units declining. So you're buying less apparel less items for your home, fewer toys. You're seeing some of the pressure in those categories. Now, those cycles are going to change, and you've been reporting about categories like toys, mm -hmm. seeing pretty significant declines. But the other trend we are seeing, and we've seen really for several years now, is the American consumer is enjoying those seasonal moments, whether it's Halloween mm -hmm. or the summer moments, going back to Mother's Day and Father's Day. They're still enjoying those moments and they keep looking for newness. But what you're describing of sales of goods being down seven quarters in a row, I mean, that's a goods recession. We, we see places in our economy where things look great. The GDP came back uh, up 4.9 percent for the third quarter. But what you're describing sounds like a recession in certain areas of the economy. Becky, I think it's really fair. I think it's why it's so important not just to look at the top line, but to double click and say what's happening in different categories. What's the pressure of the last three or four years of rising costs doing to how Americans are budgeting each and every week? And what are they trading off? Right now, again, for seven quarters, they're buying fewer discretionary items. And they're not buying the goods that they were during the pandemic. Now, that will change over time. And you know, we're certainly planning conservatively in those categories. But your inventory is under much tighter controls and much tougher management than it had been during the pandemic when you guys were basically trying to get your hands on anything you could because consumers were buying anything yeah. they could buy. I mean, we had several years where we were just chasing demand. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I were meeting during those quarters and we had comps that were up 10, 15, 20 percent. And it was driven by Americans who were buying all those discretionary items because they were at home and they were entertaining their families and they were decorating their homes and buying things for the outdoors and leaning into toys. Well, we knew that wasn't going to go on forever. We certainly had some inventory challenges that we addressed last year, and we've taken a much more conservative approach in planning inventory this year. But we're going to lean into those big seasonal moments and play to win when we know the consumer is looking for something that's new looking for affordability, ahead, looking for that. that special item for the holiday. So you just said he just said a lot of things. Breads and circuses. Bread and circuses. Uh, during the fall of Rome, the people were hungry. They were kind of starving. Um, and they would go to the Colosseum um, to be entertained. Yeah. And so basically life is so awful that we're going to look we're going to look to the to the new thing to entertain us to make us feel better to soothe us cuz things are pretty bad. Our our family and friends, a lot of them died of covid. They died of um, the hospitals. Uh, people are getting sick, people are dying. Um, they they they're um, you, you notice when she that rich girl with the boots with the horrible green shirt on in the beginning 
Uh, she said, I have some good news. GDP is up. But he just said items at Target bought are down, including food items. So middle and lower class people are eating and buying less food and less food items and buying less things. But the rich are richer and they are spending more. But when they buy things, it's less numeric because when the rich spend, they, they spend not like us. Okay. The rich spend on the yacht, yeah. on the car, on the big item. They don't go in and pitter around to buy all the little little items, right? Well, and I want to also point and out And there's not as many of them, by the way. On just on a personal level, we said this last week leading into the Night of Freedom event that we did on Halloween. And I don't mean to say rich. Is there another word for that? Gluttonous. The glutton. The gluttonous. I have, I have noticed. The thieves. Over the past month, the that Halloween decorations were at an all-time high. Two out of billion. anything that I've ever seen in my life. People are hungry. Groceries are up, but they spent two Instead billion extra. Instead of buying food for their children, they bought Halloween directions of dark death. And let me tell you why, though. Probably even more than they will do on Christmas. I'll tell you why. Because they are the spirit of darkness. Not just a spirit of darkness, but it goes back to every god that is pagan in the past, you sacrifice to them to receive a thing, right? It's like paying homage. You know what? They, Where things aren't going well, so you know what? We're go Let's put out more decorations to Halloween. Let's pay more to our god of death. No, there's a thing. You guys might have, you know, it's kind of like hit my arm because my foot is hurting. Uh, it's, it's a reason why people cut themselves. Yeah. Okay? It's because I don't want to feel that pain anymore. And so there is uh, a pull into the darkness, into the occult. And what, what this tells me is that people's lives stink so badly and, and that they're being pulled into the occult. Yeah. Even Christians. Even Christians who said, you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to do Halloween big. We're going to make sure our kids have the best costumes and we're going to go get candy. And we're going to make it fun this yeah. year. We're just going to do Halloween big this year. Right. Right? I'm going to take my kids out. You, So many Christians were like, I'm doing this. I'm doing it this year. Yeah. Right? We may not have last year, but we're doing it this year. All right? That, and we're going all in on, on sacrificing. And that's why we were trying to get all you guys not to do Halloween this year. Yeah. Because particularly this year was the most dangerous, I think, one of the most dangerous years for anybody to celebrate Halloween. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, um, I was talking to Paul Cantrell, and he's like, the margin for error is very small. Okay, so I've got some trees I want to take down. The margin for error on some of those is very small. If yeah. one, if it goes a little bit to the left, it takes the pull out. Right. Right? But if I just have a big old field, and, and, and what he's saying is years past, eh, you know, uh, Halloween, Smalloween. You know, it might not have been that big of a spiritual deal. But God is calling forth his remnant. And because the spirit of death has been unleashed, because the darkness is really, really strong... Any sort of covenant or agreement that you make with darkness can cause sickness, disease, financial problems, mental problems, depression. If you're struggling with depression and you took your kids trick-or-treating, God help your soul, okay? Because all you did was make your depression and anxiety a hundred times worse because you just went to the devil and said, give me a hit, okay? You just went to the devil and said, put heroin in my veins, okay? Some of you are like, Halloween doesn't bother me. Okay, well, this year it probably will. Maybe it hasn't in the past, but this year, the, the spirits that were out with your with those kids, with your kids walking around this year, were like, it's. It, here's the thing. We've seen the movie Ghostbusters. You've all seen it. 
There's, there's, sometimes there's a time there's only just a couple ghosts going around. All hell has broken loose. Okay? The ghosts are all out over town. Marshmallow Man is up there. This marshmallow slime is going everywhere. Okay? Oh you need the demon busters out there to put them ghosts and them demons back where they belong in the pit of hell. All right? And if you are summoning them up, it's like you, you, you got your... Can I, let me also take some time and I don't think I think most of the people that we um, that watch our show don't really watch television but I want to take a moment to kind of call out some stuff that maybe you've never considered before when you watch dark things it opens up a portal into your home for the demonic there was a show that I used to really like ashamedly myself um called supernatural years ago where these two brothers go and they slay demons and i'm thinking to myself okay this is an okay show because they're slaying demons i ended up having to stop watching it because it was literally opening up the demonic into our home and i could tell and i'm like this is dark and so you have to watch that the devil is so sly okay so so when you're when you're watching things even like um what was that special victims unit that Uncle Jack used to watch? All that stuff about death and rape and murder and all of... Guys, watch what goes in your eye gates, what goes in your ear gates. I'm telling you, that stuff, it's, it's real. I mean, I think everybody knows horror movies are bad, but you don't think about these other things. You don't think, wow, I don't really think that that was not only not glorifying God, that's one thing. But to actually be actively bringing demons mm-hmm. into your home through that satanic box. Man, yeah. I'm going to tell you, guys, that we have to start thinking outside of the box. You know how when um, when I was a kid, they didn't really put the nutritional values on the back of the box. I remember that came in when I was probably in like first or second grade mm-hmm. where they started putting the nutritional value percentages on the back of the box. There was always the ingredients. Okay. Those were there. But those nutritional values. And people started counting calories. That was when calorie counting became like so huge. And people started looking at every tiny little thing that they were consuming and weighing it out and like figuring out the calories and all this, that, and the other. And yet, nobody stops to look at the ingredients of the stuff that they watch or the stuff that they listen to. Guys, if you're listening to that secular music, that is Satan coming into your home and coming into your children. Again, things that maybe you didn't consider. I was in the grocery store yesterday and I put my earbuds in and I was listening to um, praise and worship. At the very end, I needed to uh, kind of pack my stuff up and I needed to be able to focus. And there was um, a song that came on that we used to do cheerleading to. Um, what are the what are the um, baby? Don't you know it got to move this you got to do this you know you're doing fine and the chorus is shake that body for me guys it's it's catchy and you want to dance to it it's a sex song it's a straight up sex song and we wonder why in ohio we are reaching the point where we're going to cut genitals off of children because y'all be dancing to shake that body for me that body you know what i'm saying i do Guys, you're Leah's, You're laughing, but this is serious. I'm I'm serious as a heart attack because it's for real. I don't think you should use that line. It kind of feels weird. It's pretty hard. It's pretty serious. Yeah, we're I bringing know. in these songs. No, see, I just got serious because it's real. 
these songs and these shows and these movies literally bring death. You got a lot of y'all have husbands. They want to watch all that that dirty stuff, like the 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 quote unquote funny, you know, American (gasps) Pie movies. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Stop it, Adam Sandler. Not your friend. Bringing demons into your home. It's not funny. Not anymore. It's not funny. You know what's not funny? What? The uh, economy and also the That's price the of gold. Want. Okay. Did it go up? Yeah. It's like that 2000. It's crazy high. So I want to bring in um, ITM trading because, listen, guys, poop hitting fan. This is our poop hitting fan segment. Okay. All right. Will you play um, this one? Part one, America during the 1930s. We're going to talk, we're gonna talk about a little gold silver right now. Y'all, here we go now. I'm sorry that now that song is going to be stuck in everybody's head, and I apologize that the song that I don't want in your head What's is wrong? now. Um, oh, you're trying to. We'll bring that up in a minute. Okay, Play well, our... I just like to have it rolling while we go. Just give okay. me my thing. We'll okay, get this there. one right here in the middle? Yep. Mm-hmm. In 1930, let me ask you a question Did we not have farms? In 1930, did we not have factories? Did we have the greatest roadway system in the world at that time? Yes. Did we have the greatest communication system in the world at that time? Yes. Did we have the greatest opportunity of trade with oceans on both sides? Yes. Did we lack workers? Then what happened? The bankers decided, no more money for you. They got out of the stock market the year before. Do you know all the money that was lost in the stock market? As people began to sell their stocks one after the other, after the other, after the other, and stocks that were valued at $10,000 were selling for 15 cents? In 1930, okay. let me ask you a I question. I actually kind of, don't, don't, don't close it out. I have that whole clip on Resistance Shakes there with Rod Parsley. That clip went viral. It's had like that hundreds of thousands of views. It's amazing how he breaks that down. Uh, you need to see that. But now we have this um, the CIA spy on, most of the American uh, on um, the, the United States global dominance here. American GDP that we create even now really does come from financial markets and financial tools and financial products more than anything else. Right. So we've become experts in managing money and moving money and taking transactions and taking payments from the transactions of monies. And the world has become very accustomed to working in U.S. dollars, paying in U.S. dollars. And guess who controls the flow of U.S. dollars? We do. So if we want to increase the price of the U.S. dollar, we take them off the market. And when we need to stimulate our economy, we flood it with American dollars. And we don't really mind that that impacts our allies because they're already indebted to us anyway. We have created this world now where Europe is dependent on the United States and our financial system. You know, uh, global trade is heavily dependent on the United States dollar and the United States system. And that's a big part of why we are in such an interesting time right now because countries are competing now to liberate themselves from the U.S. dollar and the U.S. system. Okay, one more here. Inside the United States, Americans have been led to believe that the government is there to serve us. That's not really true. The government is there to serve the continuation of the government. And I think when you look at the Civil War and when you look at World War I and World War II, when you look at the Great Depression, when you look at the Great Resignation, when you look at the great collapse of the real estate market in 2008, you see the government really is there to protect itself. When protecting the government also means helping the people, 
then that's how you see the government help, whether it's bailouts or whether it's uh, economic stimulus or whatever else it might be. But it's a hard lesson for us to learn. And a big part of making that lesson a reality is shaping a public narrative so that the majority yes. of people have a reasonable explanation as to why the government is taking a certain action. So you see that right now with Ukraine. There is a public narrative about why we're engaged in Ukraine, but that public narrative isn't fully transparent in terms of all the reasons we're engaged. It's oh, that's really good. Okay, I'm going to go over here to Lynette's latest. Here we go. Once you see what's in these Hold two on, heavy... banks have anymore are extraordinarily limited and they are clearly between a rock and a hard place and they do not want you to know what's going on until it's too late for you to do anything about it this is showing up very clearly in the repo markets what are those why should they matter to you well you might think that money markets are safe. You might even think that the system is safe, but they only want you to think that until it's too late. We need to talk about this coming up. Yeah. If you guys aren't watching, I'm Lynette, I don't know what A reverse repo does everything just the just the opposite. But you need to understand that this is a way for the central bank to manage interest rates because right. interest rates are really the key tool that they have that in confidence, public confidence, the key tools that they have to regulate their rate and speed of inflation. But, but they've, they've lost that. And let me show you what's happening. At the end of 2022, the daily volume of overnight reverse repos uh, between the U.S. Federal Reserve and the private sector eligible money market participants, mainly money market mutual funds, reached a new record of 2.55 trillion. The persistently huge footprint of the Fed in private short-term financial transactions, both during the previous quantitative easing period and the current monetary and quantitative tightening phase, reflects the preference of financial institutions and other companies to deal with the Fed rather than conducting businesses amongst themselves. This is an unhealthy development with largely negative implications for the U.S. financial system and economy going forward. So going back to 2008, when the prime money market failed, it broke below a dollar and it became apparent to everybody. They started changing money market rules and they started pushing more to government. So the government is now usurping more private money than before. This matters because it basically kills the public and the public transactions. But let me show you more because what you're looking at here is the overnight reverse repurchase agreements. And you can see going back to 2014, when they first started testing this market, that the level that they were doing it was fairly small until you hit, well, this is 2020 here, until you hit 2021. And then in an effort to stabilize everything, you can see zoom to the moon with 2.553, almost 2.554 trillion from zero in a very short period of time. So the Fed's overnight repo and reverse repo facility, what you're looking at there, allows money market funds to borrow or lend to the Fed using government securities, so the treasuries and agency debt, but government securities, 
as collateral and agreeing to buy or sell them back those securities at agreed rates on an overnight basis. So I know that this is clear as mud because that's the goal. If you don't really understand what's going on, then basically go, okay, well, they're certainly smarter than me. They certainly get this better than I do. But the problem is when a government or a corporation or, or a central bank creates a new instrument of manipulation, make no mistake, that's what this is, there are always unforeseen consequences of that. And we're about to see it. Now, who can use this? Who are those private entities that we talked about? Large commercial banks, central banks investing foreign currency reserves, so foreign central banks, international financial institutions, so, so uh, international banks, money market mutual funds, so we think these are super safe even in the government area, agents investing cash collateral received by their securities lendings clients, so that's other mutual funds, ETFs, asset managers with temporary cash surpluses and the treasuries of large non-financial corporates and of financial market infrastructures. So that would be like CCP, central counterparties, those kind of entities. So those are all of the private entities that have access to this reverse repo and the repo markets. So you say, well, okay, those are all bad. But again, this is an unhealthy development with largely negative implications for the U.S. financial system and economy going forward because of all of the businesses done with the central banks, then what happens to those corporations that count on making money from working with other private corporations? So it narrows the scope and it narrows the choices. And frankly, it hurts the economy because the economy cannot just be central banks or governments. And that's really what's happening in here. We're running $2 trillion in deficits, but I'm just going to stay on repos for now. Now, look at this. This is a key Federal Reserve lending facility to steer markets' treasury bill appetite. Usage is down over a trillion since June amid supply surge. And they just announced, just recently announced, that they're going to be issuing over the, this next quarter $1.14 billion. 114 billion in more treasury issuances, shorter going to longer term. And we've already seen in the previous issuances that the appetite is waning. The appetite for corporations and other governments and all those private entities that we just talked about is going away. So the money market mutual funds, do you have a money market mutual fund? Are you putting your money in there because you think it's like a savings account? Well, if you are, you need to think again. Because the T-bills, remember, the Federal Reserve can control the overnight rates. And so they've pushed those overnight rates up to, what, 5.5%? Probably stay pat this time. Maybe they'll, well, I, I'm filming this before the decision this week. So we'll see what they do. But even if they go up a quarter of a point, it pushes interest rates on Treasury bills up because they're trying to get buyers. Now, the money market funds and all of those private entities that once were buyers are no longer buyers simply because they make more money on short-term treasury bills than they do by the repo, by investing in the repo facility or loaning out those, those treasuries or borrowing in that repo facility. So you can see how that's dropped by roughly a trillion dollars since June because of all the treasury bills that the federal that the federal government is issuing and the lackluster demand. But you're, this is why I say they're between a rock and a hard place. 
because if this repo facility is what they're using they to regulate the interest yeah. rates no, and they're not using it anymore, the private corporations aren't using it anymore, or they're using a whole lot less of it, just like it was not good that run up into it because they were running, those private entities were running to safety, now they're running away from it. And I hope you can see the problem because I know it's, it's very complicated. But since the government suspended the debt ceiling in June, the Treasury has issued nearly $1.4 trillion of, of bills, of Treasury bills. Well, if they're paying more interest, what do you think these entities are going to be buying? So that's why I say they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. The ongoing deluge has given investors mainly money market funds an alternative. Well, this is what they're saying. We're going to see the reality. Mainly money market funds. So what you're looking at here are money market funds repurchase agreements. So you can see how since June, or, or I'm sorry, prior to June, the money market funds were parking a lot of cash in these repo markets, right? In fact, 2.34 trillion. Now remember at the height, what we saw was 2.55 trillion. So quite Ooh, honestly, that's about 200 here. on the books that are still on the books pertaining to confiscation. I cannot guarantee you one way or the other that 1700 to 2000 and further to 7% for spot above 2000. So you see the higher the spot market goes, the more tax, the more they will confiscate. Governments will confiscate because desperate governments do desperate things and they know that this is good money. You think that they're not going to touch you? I mean, I know a lot of people that think, oh, well, it's not in the monetary system anymore. So therefore they're not going to take it because it doesn't back the currency. Guess what? They have lots and lots and lots of laws we've done. If, you're, if you are working with a consultant, ask them to send you this. We have done a number of videos on the laws that have been put on the books that are still on the books pertaining to confiscation. I cannot guarantee you one way or the other that they will do it, but this is what you're looking at here with the increase in royalties is 100% a form of confiscation. The inflation is a form of confiscation and a rose by any other name is the same. But governments can change rules and laws to confiscate real money gold. And I don't care whether you're a corporation or you're an individual, you have seen it over and over. So this, this was just done on October 27th, right? So we aren't looking at ancient history. And I think anybody that thinks that that couldn't possibly happen is living on hopium, not on historic facts. I work with historic facts. That's why I personally only buy collectibles because they're in a different category. How do you know what to buy? You can hold it inside of an IRA. Personally, I don't buy it because then it's in the monetary gold category, easy to confiscate. You hold collectibles, it doesn't have to be 15 million, but it's in the same category as the one ounce gold coin that might sell for 15 million. That's the category that I want to be in. I'm just saying you got to do whatever you're comfortable with. That's my level of comfort because, I, because it doesn't matter whether or not I'm right or wrong. I'm buying them so far below the fundamental value. I'm getting my wealth protection essentially for free at a bargain basement price. And you look at what the central banks are doing for themselves. Well, goodness gracious, we don't have the third quarter numbers out yet, but the first half of 2023 central bank demand is the highest force first half on total on record. Who knows more about the end of this crap or this stuff than central banks know who knows more about how close we are to crisis than the central banks. You got to ask yourself, why are they buying gold? If it really isn't a good investment, if it isn't a safe 
haven asset. They want to retain choices. They want to retain control. That's why they're doing it. That's good. So that's really good. Okay, go ahead. So we heard a lot about the repo market before you came. And basically the GDP for what we heard um, before with Andrew there, um, the GDP is fake. GDP is supposed to be your gross uh, national uh, domestic, domestic well product. national product the, that you make in your nation but we're not making things what that that number includes he said was all these financial transactions from credit cards to banks to loans and it's not a product you're the product it's it's this trading thing and that's what we've always said about the United States we're not producers anymore and the, the taxes that are taxed we're, the reason why the, everybody wants to tax the rich you will never tax the rich these are not that the, the, the amount of trillions of dollars that went into the economy, they went into the economy, but they went to the billionaires already to, 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 these are such greedy people that when they printed this money and when they began to, oh, we're going to send out some stimulus checks or no, these are people who are already of the top 0.01%. Okay. And they are enriching themselves seeing that there is a financial collapse and they want to make sure that they are not at the top, top, that they're at the tippy, tippy, tippy top of the mountain and they will rob your baby and take its last bite from them and stick it in their pocket, okay? And they will literally, uh, you know, the $1 you're going to use to go buy baby formula, they'll say, I'll take that, thank you, right? Right. Because, but here's the, the way they do it. They do it through these monetary systems. They do it so they don't have to see it. This is offshoring slavery. It's offshoring confiscation. It's offshoring theft so that they don't have to see it, but they get to experience the result of it so that I have to go and you have to go and buy $9 a pound or $10 a pound for some sliced ham at the deli. Okay. All of your prices, you, here's the thing. Inflation is theft. All right. Inflation is theft. And what it does is this. Oh, let's say your wages go up according to prices. But you know what happens? Your 10,000 that you've got in the savings bank, that's now worth 5,000. Let's say you have 500,000 in saving. That's now worth 250,000. So it doesn't even matter how much you think you're getting out of the stock market. You're never going to get in as much out of the stock market because they're all the way they do taxes, the way they do inflation is that they pay no taxes. They run all the shell companies. They write off all the buku bucks. They're like, oh, I think I might owe 10,000 in taxes this year. You know what? Go buy a property. That property will make you some more money. We'll move some stuff around. That's what Donald Trump did to where I think at one point the government owed Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay, because and that's not how this is supposed to work. Right. Donald Trump played the game. So everybody who reads the art of the deal and says you want to do that, you're a thief. I'm sorry. I love Donald Trump, but he's a thief. He knows how to play the game. And you know why he, he admitted to it? And he said, you know what? I played the game. I've been in the game and I'm going to change the rules of the game. But these are the rules of the game. And I was the best of the game. Okay, and so they tried to take Donald Trump out because they knew that if he actually did it, he has some piece of his heart. Okay, where he would actually do it. He would change the rules of the game because somewhere deep inside, he wants everybody to succeed at the game. He does. Okay, so he's like, that's why he writes the book. But he, 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 I think he has a little cognitive dissonance, but he truly does want everybody to succeed at the game. But here's the thing. The game is rigged because here's the problem. If you have 100 tokens and 1,000 players, you can never all succeed at the game. 
Right. Okay. So what they're doing is making it so that you can't succeed. But if in the 1990s you had bought gold at $300 an ounce or we had, okay, when we want, my mom was a single mom and my, my sister was saying buy gold. If my mom had been, if, here's the thing. If we had had a, like a hundred thousand dollars in investment in the nineties and my, and, and Michelle had said, Hey mom, the, and this is what Michelle did say this, by the way. Hey mom, we have to get our money out of the bank and buy gold. If we had had $100,000 and we had bought gold at $300 an ounce, it's now $2,000 an ounce. Somebody do me the math. It would be like six dollars to $700,000. Okay. So, no, it would be way more than that. It's a six-fold increase. Because. Right. So you just doubled it. It's more than double. You said 100000 and I said 600000 Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I said I thought I said three hundred thousand. Okay, yeah. Uh, you sorry. said it's three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, you'd have about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you'd be up between six and seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. Okay. That that's better than any stock market investment at all. Like it, sh right. it shouldn't be that way, by the way. But if we had had that kind of money, and mom, because here's the thing, mom was doing. Mom would. My mom would have done it. So I'm trying to tell you guys is we are still at. Come here. Come here. We're still at that moment, right? We're still at a time. Tell them you could still buy. Low oh my and, gosh, and, and, guys. And Come here. Okay, so when Lynette Come says that it's at, at a, at a basement bargain price, I will say this one more time. For inflation, inflation adjusted, the value oh. of gold right now should be a minimum of $10,000. A minimum. Do not cry. Okay. Cool. Throughout all of history, and I mean all of history, the silver to gold price ratio has been 10 or 15 to 1. 10 to 1 is easier, even though in the United States with the coinage act, I think it was it's 15 to 1. But let's just do 10 to 1 because it's easier math. At $10,000 an ounce, which is the true value of gold right now, minimum, that means that the true value of silver right now is $1,000 an ounce, which right now it's $23. Okay. So it is a basement bargain price. Now, but that to me is an aside because I don't want people to get into gold and silver because they want to get rich. Mm -hmm. The words that we use are wealth, wealth preservation. preservation. You take your dollar bill tomorrow. It's worth less than it was today. You put it into gold. You're good. Mm -hmm. It will retain its value. It will retain its value. I actually can't say the same for silver. So I'm not going to talk to that. Silver will, will, will retain its value mostly. Okay. But they they so artificially repress silver, it's not even funny. So I'm not going to say that silver is wealth preservation. Silver is barter preservation. Silver is barter preservation. For when the poop hits the fan, the price of silver is going to skyrocket to its its regular price, what mm -hmm. it should be. Mm -hmm. um, but gold is wealth preservation. So guys, go to ITM Trading. Learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks or just give them a call. It's a free strategy call. 1-866-950-7776. That's going to help you decide how much should I put in land? How much should I put in a water filtration system? How much, And here's the thing. Oh my gosh, I have these investment these investments, how do I transfer them over without taking a lot of a hit? people? Yeah, with the 401ks or your retire any kind of retirement and your account. own money mutual fund and account, right? Yeah, they know all that stuff that Leah and I, we really that is not our forte, but they are professionals at it. They've been doing this for 27 years. Yeah, 27 years. This is what I say if you guys have retirement account, buy gold, 
Okay, and then and then buy some silver and be the banker for other people. And everybody else, Leah and Michelle, every time you talk about gold and silver, I ain't got two cents to run to, rub together. I totally get it. But that doesn't change the fact that you must start viewing this as no, real. Sorry, I, I didn't talking. mean to. I didn't mean to. Then I'm for my podcast listeners, I'm holding up the silver dollar that I hold up in every show as real money because yeah. that transfers your mind to what you should be expecting. Mm -hmm. And it's a step of faith. We yeah. have, we must switch our mindset. All right. Finally, before we head out, I want to play this clip for you from uh, Glenn Beck on Iran. And oh, no worries. Iran could possibly just throw us into World War III. No big deal. It's going to be in the middle, um, and it says Chief Research Analysis. That's what it says. Got it. Unless you have several Glenbecks, you do. I do. I said, yeah. I, it says it says Chief okay. Research Analysis. All right, we're gonna find it. Oh, it says over ten years ago, I warned the Middle East violence would eventually reach America. I don't know if that's. The, I think that's the one. There we go. I got it. There we go. My chief research. This is what we had playing at the beginning. Yeah. You can see the armies coming from the north. You can see them coming from China. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, somebody asked me a question today. Glenn, right do we, can the next president turn this around, assuming it's not Joe Biden? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. It's a year and several months away yet from a new president. I mean, we could have that Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan moment, but we could be deep into war. And you give our press another year of Israel going after Hamas, our press is going to turn and the whole country can turn. With 50% in, in the younger set under 35, 50% say Hamas is the good guy. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. You, you take a look at what's going on right now in Israel, Glenn, and you think about like what's going on in Ukraine. Um, we put Ukraine up here very specifically because we wanted to highlight the differences. Now, they're saying this is an existential threat to democracy, what's going on in Ukraine. This is a regional problem. It has nothing to do with pretty much any of the rest of the world. They're saying we want to fight Russia here to stop future wars. You're talking about way off down the line, even if they have any aspirations to continue that fight. Even if. But we're pouring in all of our money into Ukraine. Now I want to take you through the hypotheticals of, say, let's say the next few weeks, next few months and years right here. Now, we just got word not too long ago, maybe, a, uh, maybe an hour or so ago, that the commander of the Marine Forces in CENTCOM just canceled the Marine Corps birthday celebration. I think it's like 248 years. That doesn't happen. Does not happen. That, so that's on November uh, um, 16th, I believe, was supposed to be there. So that, what that means is that they are in a heightened state of readiness. They're expecting to get a warning order to do something, whether that's evacuate embassies all throughout the area, whether that's to respond to something major. We're not too sure, but let me give you that possibility. Now, if, the, if this invasion in Gaza continues to go well for the Israelis, if they're dismantling Hamas as they said they will, you get the pressure. what is Iran going to do? So, so the, that, let me, can I just tell yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. What they possibly could do is you mentioned the Strait of Hormuz, which is right here, one of the most highly trafficked uh, uh, straits for oil, mm -hmm. and also the Bab el-Mendeb Strait here going through the Red Sea and out, as you said, to the rest of the world. Like now. This is what always irritated me about how the media talked about the, the, the crisis between Saudi Arabia and Yemen. They never said why the Iranians were so concentrated on Yemen. That is why. 
Now, if a major conflict were to break out in Israel, as in today, all they would have to do is block that, block that. And we're done. And we're done. We would have to get involved. Now, how different is that scenario, which is a very real possibility, than that one? That is the seriousness of what's going this on is- right now. Okay, and so we do have Glenn saying that he believes that the um, Middle East problems will come here. Over 10 years ago, during the beginning of the Arab Spring, I warned that the rise of violence in the Middle East would soon cascade into every American city as well. Watch. When you take the Marxists and you combine them with the radical from Islam, When you combine those two forces, which is exactly, we'll show you this week, what is happening here, the whole world starts to implode. This is not just happenstance. This is not just poor people mad at rich people. This is coordinated. Over 10 years ago, I was right, but I was also wrong because now I know that that was only the beginning. The Middle East went dormant again. But now, likely, in part due to our failure of a president, we are striking, they are striking at us yet again. And this time, the violence and the evil, cold-blooded evil demonstrated by Hamas against Jews last month is beginning to ferment throughout the entire Western world in, at levels that I never imagined we would see. Swastikas on Jewish-owned storefronts, attacks against Jewish families, and seemingly ordinary Americans like this New York City doctor posting on social media that this wasn't terrorism, it was liberation. Well, I'm worried that this time uprisings in the Middle East could be our final Archduke Ferdinand. I am curious as as the shift that has been made here, uh, even amongst the... um the right that they're saying that this was a um that this was liberation a liberation and i wanted to play for you um oh where are we this this is a this is a jewish storefront and the palestinian thugs are trying to take off the posters on the front window of the missing hostages. And these people are just randomly like BLMing the store. Like what is with people? Like I've never crossed my mind that even if I didn't like abortion that I would just go and take the stickers off of somebody's window. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. But I do want to play this clip. I know, I don't know how you guys feel about Ben Shapiro, but um, it's kind of an interesting clip he had in Oxford um, this week. If, based on the numbers, more Germans died than Brits in World War II, did that mean that British, the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based I, on the numbers, does that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain wasn't bombing civilian... civilians... <laughs> If based- so, unfortunately, children do not know history. They don't know about the bombing of Hiroshima. They don't know that in the war that happened that um, Germans and innocent Germans died. Um, war is bad, and you can kind of close that off. Um, 
I get, I get where the um, the Christians and the conservatives are saying, hey, don't send my guys over there to fight a war in the Middle East. And I understand that. Um, but I also don't understand. But what I don't understand is somebody like a Candace Owens, who uh, it works for Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire, posting constantly pro-Palestinian comments. Well, I actually kind of appreciate that because it shows that if you are a part of the Daily Wire, you can have your own thought, whereas in the past, that's not actually been true for the Daily Wire. So they must have changed some stuff internally. Either I, that or Candace is so big, she just knows they can't get rid of her if she has a different thought of than, than what they have. I don't know. Um, it's it's very interesting. I know she's, she's getting in arguments with... Um, what's his name? Um, the gay guy. Dave Rubin. Yeah. So it's... You know, it's, it's very interesting. Um, so, there's a, there's a little clip here from Tucker Carlson. I don't know what he's doing. New Theo Vaughn interview with Tucker Carlson. You want to retweet it? Sure. Let's see what Tucky has to say. Tucker's been out there doing a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, he, he we showed last Sunday that he interviewed Nigel Farage. Well, you know who he just he just went to visit this week? Julian Assange. Oh, no way. In Belmarsh. Yeah. The only thing that enrages me is when you hear people say, you know, you must believe me. I have no obligation to believe anybody. You have an obligation, if you want me to believe you, to prove what you're saying. Right. And I have a right to ask simple, fair questions. How do you know that? How can I trust that? How, and, if, and if you don't give me those answers, then I just don't believe you. And I don't have to believe you. And if your recourse is, you're a bad person for not believing me, fuck you. That's my response. Fuck you. Sorry. And especially in this case where my money and... You know, guys, with with the curse words, just stop. You're not going to win. You will never win. What else do you have, Leah? No, that was was kind of... I was summing up my show. I really hate to... Summing it up with that amazing thing from Tucker there. Yeah. All right, you guys, here's the deal. Reminder, if you're just now tuning in, um, it's Samantha's birthday. Happy birthday to Samantha. The live streams from the Night of Freedom were phenomenal. You want to get on bardsnation.com and join the community there so you will not feel alone. Just so excited about that. Next Thursday, I'm going to be adding this tonight after I get the show up today. Uh, to the show and event calendar. But we are going to be with Candace Keller at a an amazing banquet for uh, babies. It'll be after our vote on Tuesday. So it'll be Thursday, my birthday. If you want to come and hang out, if you live in Ohio, and you want to come, come and hang out with us for my birthday, but we're going to be celebrating life. It's $30. It's a dinner. It's a banquet. Um, and it's really just to help fundraise for her amazing pregnancy center. It's the biggest mm-hmm. event that they do every year. And they already have like 600 people booked. So I'm really, really excited to be able and honored to be able to celebrate my 40th birthday celebrating life and helping to fund um, a pregnancy center, which is doing God's work. It's not enough to be anti-abortion. You have to be pro-life. Right. And you have to be able to step in and to stand in and say, you know what? Not only do I want you to not abort your baby, I want you to keep it and I will help you do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what her pregnancy center does. So I can't imagine a better way to spend my birthday. So yeah, um, 
Very, very, very excited about that. So that'll be in our show and event calendar on resistancechicks.com. Lastly, I sent out a rockin' email this week. Mm -hmm. So if you're not subscribed to Resistance Chicks emails, then you need to be. So let me pull up. I promised you guys at the end of the show that, well, let's go to YouTube, that I would play you. Earlier today, we were showing some clips from the Night of Freedom. And the violinist, look at our history here, that played those amazing tunes, um, Kira Venzel. She dropped her very first single ever. It's called Wake Up, Devil's Lullaby. She not only produced this herself, she wrote it. She did the video. I mean, every, she didn't go to a professional studio. She didn't adjust the vocals, but she did this all. I mean, she may have adjusted vocals. I don't know, but she did this all by herself, like all by herself. And I am just so, so, let me get rid of that ITM trading thing. I'm so proud of her on my activity on YouTube's posts. No, I don't. I didn't want that. Thank you. Proud of her. We just met her. We had a chance to pray with her. Um, and she rocked it the whole night. Ah, every time I click on this, it's like, here we go. Let's try again. She did this all by herself. Oh, 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 oh,
says it's available on all platforms i don't know what that means composed written performed produced mixed and mastered by kira venzel okay let's see if this is on itunes because if this is on itunes we're all gonna go buy it okay no i just you don't know how to look up itunes it's literally not in your forte to do but you can go um i'm gonna subscribe right now i should have subscribed earlier give it a thumbs up on youtube kira k-e-i-r-a venzel V-E-N-S-E-L. She says, hello there. Thank you so much for watching my lyric video for my new single, Wake Up, Devil's Lullaby. This song was inspired by two factors. First, I was tired of watching those around me stumbling around oblivious to the realities of the world we live in and the entrapment of the world system. I I wanted some way to break them out of their zombified state back to glorious life, and hopefully this song helps start that process. Second, I found a song of the same name, Devil's Lullaby, and I wanted to turn a secular song into something that glorifies Jesus Christ. If you'd like to support me, I'll leave some links below. I'm in the process of claiming my artist profiles, so if there are no pictures yet, that is why. Okay, click on her iTunes. She's on Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, PayPal, and Facebook. Click on her iTunes. See if you can download it there. Okay. So she's got one song. Now, go, everyone, come with me. Click on that. Click on it. I'm not going to buy it live. I'm not going to okay. have my credit card information out for the world. Does it say buy? I don't know Does if you can just download it. Click or? all the right. Go to, go to the right. You can, you, you can just play it. Also available in the iTunes okay, store. Okay, click on it. Leah. Show them. Show them. Okay, all right. We're gonna show them. Just not in the Amazon music store. I always... I don't have iTunes, so I'm Just not going to open, open it. Up. it. Let me see Leah. if it see if it opens. Oh, I think I actually do have iTunes. I want people to go. We're not Apple people. No, I'm not signing in for everybody. But I want y'all to go. Okay. They can figure it out. These are really smart people. These are people that use iTunes way more than we do, which is never. Uh-huh. Um, y'all well, got to go figure it out. Go to her thing and subscribe. And no, here's the thing. I. I want to make, I want to, you know why I wanted to walk them through? Because if you just tell people to go do it, they're not going to go back and do it. I think we watched it. it, walked it through pretty far, pretty, pretty well. Because I want, I want everyone right now to support this young artist and go and, and, and buy her song. It's like a dollar. What if everybody just bought her song? It's usually like a dollar. Patriotiana, hi, Stacy says she was slash is amazing. John and I love her sound and depth. She was a total bounce to the night bonus to the night of I think bounce works too. Bonus to the night of freedom. Amen. We are liking that page. All right, Kimberly already found it on YouTube. Thank you, Kimberly. And you can find her on Facebook. Here, I will do that. How about that? That will help walk people through. Um, I need to contact her and say, where do you download it? I guess the only thing you download it on is going to be iTunes, I guess. 
Okay. Yeah, that's how I think everybody does it. That's how um, what's his name went viral. Okay. Oliver right. Anthony. So here we go. Here's her Facebook. Kira Venzel Music is no, not that. Kira Venzel Music on. Okay, so I'm gonna. However, you already liked it. Leah's already liked it. Yeah. So, um, so so proud of her. She's absolutely beautiful. She plays like a rock star. Here she is at Neil's Church. Um, back from October 14th. She's just absolutely beautiful. I'm so proud of her. How come my YouTube doesn't have an iTunes link? In the description. Yeah, I don't see it. You're on her page. Oh, what are the actual video? The description, of... the description of the video, Wake Up, Devil's Lullaby, and then the okay. link's in there. So click see more. Okay, click okay. see more. Can you buy it on Spotify? You wouldn't buy it. you just play it. I have, honestly, Lee, I don't know enough about this stuff. I think you could probably buy it on Spotify. Can you buy songs on Spotify, guys? What do we know? And and yeah, Patriot Gallery putting in the comment that she loves it. It's too good. Fantastic. Love the drums. Chris says, great music with a powerful message. Patriot Gallery says she has the words, too. She is doing all the voices. Yes. So go and support Kira over there. I'm so, so excited. Yes. That was really, really good. I can't believe she did that all by herself. Like, that's just next level right there. Okay, I'm going to buy it on the iTunes store. Okay, Leah's going to go buy it. Can you do that? Yeah, you don't have to have Apple to buy okay. it. all right. No. Okay. All right, so that's the end of our show. Come and join me for my birthday next Thursday if you live anywhere close enough to Westchester, Ohio, and you want to go to the banquet. I'm going to be putting that in the show and event calendar tonight. Um, as soon as we finish here, I'll go over there and I'll set something up there so you guys can see it. But we love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, and we will see you on community.bardsnation.com yes. where we will start posting everything that we do uh, just like we do on Facebook and all the other platforms. So super excited and so much more. We'll try to put even more content there when we're out in the garden and and whatnot to kind of get you guys yeah, excited to fun. go over there. So, all right. We'll see you on Sunday for our world news program. It's going to be awesome. Very excited about our world news program. Kira Venzel, K-E-I-R-A-V-E-N-S-E-L. Kira Venzel, wake up, devil's lullaby. Go and get it. Go and get it right now. All right, bye, guys. God bless. i